0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Rambling Souls podcast, episode two. My name is Aaron Montano Teague, and I am uh, one of the Rambling Souls. We're uh, back again after the first episode. thought that was pretty fun, so we've got a lot of stuff to talk to you guys about right now. Some uh, gear views, music, what we added to our Spotify playlist, what we're drinking, and uh, what's been going on. So. Uh, for those of y'all new to the podcast, again, my name is Aaron Montano-Teague, and we're going to go around the table and introduce ourselves.
1: Hey, I'm Javier Padilla. I play bass. Gabe Jimenez guitar.
2: Austin Burns, drums. Mauricio Dan, and I sing. And we are
0: also joined by our wonderful friend
1: and producer, Mr. John Becker. Howdy, howdy.
2: Mr. John Becker. Mr. John Becker. Present. Hey,
1: all right, Marisa, what's our toast for today? What are we drinking?
2: Today, we are drinking, and uh, last time they told me, I said it way too fast, so today, <laughs> we are drinking Luna Azul, Añejo Tequila. So it's the same brand as last the last time, but a different one, right? Same brand as last time. Last time it was aged in the bourbon barrels. Uh, this one is just the Añejo.
1: Okay.
2: Uh, very, very good stuff. One of my go-tos um, kept me nice and warm during... Uh, you know, the big old uh, winter blast that came in just Oh, nice yeah. Thing. Yeah, we're
1: going to talk about that for sure. Right. All right, cheers, guys. Let's try this. Cheers, yeah, tequila. Cheers, everybody.
2: Tequila. Cheers, everybody. Ah. So, last time we did the limes and the bitters and the special this and this and that, and uh, well, you know, we've been through some stuff, and so this time we're just uh, straight pounding it. Straight Yep, up. no training no, wheels. Yeah, you know, so <laughs> get, no, that was good. You oh, does not need anything. It was
1: a... Uh, that was quite smooth. What do you guys think? I enjoy it. I like Anejo tequila a lot. Um, I think I've said it before. I'm a huge tequila fan. Like, whiskey's great, and that's, right like, on. a go-to, but I definitely do appreciate, like, a good quality tequila. Uh, I just here. care if it gets
0: me drunk <laughs> or not.
1: I'm
3: not really
0: too huge on the flavor, but I, I like how it makes me feel. So
4: <laughs> uh, Tequila's never my first choice, but, you know, I'll drink it. I know what I like and what I absolutely do not like. I yeah. like this one because an Añejo, I don't like silver tequila very much. At yeah, all. I'm the same, yeah. exactly. Yeah, so. Uh, it's it's kind not, of it was pointless. tasty. It was I good.
2: always huh? pick the most expensive taste. I love Añejo tequila. I, like you, I can't drink the... Uh, what well, I can't, but uh, I prefer, <laughs> right. you know. Always has to be the most expensive shit, but here we are. <laughs> um, it was smooth. Very nice, very nice. Awesome.
1: Yeah. So you, you mentioned... Uh, the winter storm, man, that was pretty, <laughs> oh, dude. It was man.
2: brutal. How did you guys do with
1: all that stuff, dude?
0: Uh, I can't, I can't complain too much. I'll let you guys talk about stuff. <laughs> Aaron's one of those guys
1: that's like Today prepped already, so he had like the generator on the house and everything. <laughs> like, go, he was ready to go, man. He was like, this to, is man. what I've trained for, man,
3: dude. Seriously. After
0: after Hurricane Harvey, when when I I went out there and did the relief stuff, and you know, I saw how people were living when mm-hmm. you know shit hit the fan. Since then, been little by little prepping, and it comes in handy. That that's means, why he's not. That eating.
5: means slowly but surely stocking up on plenty of Lone Star. Oh yeah, you should because, see my fridge. Dude. Because there's water in Lone Star. <laughs>
3: that's true. That's I actually true. sent Austin
5: true. a picture that
0: <laughs> when it went out, when yeah. the power went
2: out, I uh, showed him yeah, a picture of my fridge. That's it why he doesn't stocked. volunteer to talk about it. Everybody's like, "Oh man, I had no power, and we ran low on this, and my everything burst, and it was, you know." So he's like, "Oh man, you know, hey, what well, we got through it was yeah. tough and uh, you know." "Hey man, I'll
0: gladly make you a prep list if you want to start
1: getting ready for the next one." "No, that I might mean, be something I'd, to share on the social." "Yeah, that that's a good that's a good thing, prep list." "I mean, I noticed as simple as just like your basic camping equipment is something that can come in so huge like in times like that like yeah. a propane so, hold, hold on, real quick. Stone, I got I got to
0: make know. mention because for anybody who might be listening later on down the road, um not quite timely with when we release this um, so we're here in mid-February and right around, um, it was what, Valentine's Day, right? Yeah, about yes. a week and Yeah, right? yeah what, so here in... Is this
2: winter storm that yeah, you we, guys speak of? <laughs> <laughs> so
0: I know the rest of the country, I mean, they all got something, but here in Texas, particularly South Texas and Central Texas, where we're used to, you know, heat and hurricanes <laughs> and rain and tornadoes and stuff, uh, we don't do cold and we got... You know, record colds you know, coming in for a long ass, a lot longer time than we were used to, dude. Yeah. It and it was, just
2: turned our world upside down. There were days when it was like 12 degrees in Anchorage, Alaska.
0: Yeah, we actually had the same temperatures. We're as sitting and,
2: at like <laughs> nine or ten. That yeah, in
1: no, it was nuts. Like, so it's like I've seen. I've lived here for about. Uh, 16 years now And I've seen like Ice and snow here A couple he times You just turned 16 right Is that- Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, No but like I've seen ice and snow here A couple times But it's like It happens overnight And then by noon It's melted Right so yeah. it's like It just you know You get a blanket or whatever This time it was like It snowed And it was just on the ground for days. Dude, I had to shovel my driveway. Yeah. I straight up, like, shoveled my driveway. That was the first time. It was, like, a good, like, where at my place, I would say it was a good, like, six to eight inches, honestly. That's the first time Texas has ever been That's the first time that's ever happened. No, but the cool thing about (laughs) that is
5: it's the first time Texas entire, the entire state was under, you know, a winter, you know. Yeah, blast yeah. warning! The whole thing. dude, the whole freaking crazy, country
2: wasn't. It? I mean, like I think except for like Florida. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah,
6: two hundred and fifty-four counties. Yeah. That's crazy. Dude,
2: Florida sitting over there? That's
6: like,
0: how
2: many counties talk there are Talk shit in Texas. if you want, man. But we're you know
0: we're doing okay over here. You know, it's funny is that there's a bunch of people up north, like especially like I got family up in Canada. They live in this stuff all the time, and I'm sure they're f-
1: they're probably laughing
0: at us right oh, now. Right. But it's because
1: you know, they're equipped for it, man. When you've got salt trucks and all these things and all the backup shit like that. The city or the state or, you know, your county provides, like, that's one thing, but we don't have tire chains and salt trucks at the ready. Like, hey, we
3: got toilet paper, though, it's, man.
1: It's not even that, man. Like, you know, I lived in Maryland
4: for a few years, and the cold didn't phase me at all, because, you know, the, the cold is the cold, but... The thing is that up there everyone has a basement. Your water heater is underground. It's, Your yes. pipes are underground. It's, taken care like, of. it's
5: it's okay. Like
4: they're they're prepared for that kind of thing. It can mm-hmm. be twelve degrees for four or five days mm-hmm. and yeah, it's cold, but the power doesn't go out. Yeah, You know what the I mean? water doesn't stop. Yeah, the water doesn't the stop roads running. Get cleared. Meanwhile, you know, now San Antonio, Texas, the water heater's in the freaking backyard. Yeah, literally you know I mean? outside, like literally like, in the backyard. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, it was just it was you know I, I I don't I don't really think we're gonna have to worry about it happening quite that bad for a few years at least. But you know it will happen more and more frequently as the years go on. I think so. Yeah, I, I, I think so this was always a wise to buy a generator. I don't think you'll need it next winter, so no need to like pay extra now. Was you know, yeah. and People were still. So Dude, I out. use
0: the hell out of my generator like all for year sure. round. It's not just for like a. Well, yeah, but if out, you're I mean. not
4: if you're not someone like you, for example, who has the need to use it <laughs> What generator do you
0: mean, someone time, like me?
4: No, you, <laughs> you know exactly what I mean.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're all manly and shit, you know. Dude,
5: yeah, not? exactly. That's that what would I mean. necessitate <laughs> a gun, right? Right.
1: I don't even own a gun. <laughs>
4: <laughs>
5: not a <our> gun. <laughs> But
4: yeah, anyway, uh, Winter Storm, Texas. Uh, it what sucked. was her name? Everyone's power was out. Uri, I believe her name was, right? Uri? Uri, Uri, Uri. You oh, they out. named
2: it? Oh, yeah. It was okay. named. Well, yeah, they all have names. They yeah, all I have guess. names. So wait, wait, on. wait, wait, wait. How is it you... Or what? What do they start Yuri with? URI with? U R I. That's how it's spelled. Yuri. How is it? U. That's we like get the sword.
0: Russian kind of spelling.
2: Right? So it's like when hurricanes. You know, know that the they go A. Oh, you are saying like because? How did it get to you exactly?
4: Well, I'm sure there was a whole alphabet's worth of of winter storms that we were completely unaware of. No, no, no. Here in Texas, didn't make it our way. Yeah, until we got to the U. Starts from
2: scratch. This, yeah. <laughs> this is like Alexander the Great of uh, Texas storms, dude. It was no joke. So <laughs> let's call it Airy. So no, you, let's call
4: it Abbott. Let's start with the oh. name. Oh. Let's just call it Winter Storm oh. Abbott. Let's just call oh. it. Yeah. There you go. All right, yeah. all right. <laughs> there, there, there's our mention of
5: politics for the. And channel. with that, right. or if we're in the seas, we'll just call it cruise. Or whatever. Oh,
4: yeah.
0: um,
2: send all your hate mail to. <laughs> I'm right.
6: We uh, Started started with Abigail. Abigail, see was the first. See, I'm telling see, you, it started you, with an A. Yeah,
4: <laughs> they're just like hurricanes, guys. Worst king. County and then it was, uh, but that's what we're saying. Where
6: Abigail were all these followed, other winter
5: storms? Up
0: north, where they belong.
5: Yeah, up yeah, north, where they, they belong. should exactly. stay.
6: Exactly. Billy, Billy was the second one.
1: Yeah. Oh, Billy. <laughs> oh, Billy. <laughs> Why would they make it Billy? Nobody's scared of a Billy. <laughs> Just because
4: you don't remember their name doesn't mean they weren't here. Hey, dude,
2: have we learned nothing from Jeffrey, dude? (laughs) Jeffrey. Uh,
3: Jeffrey, No one's
1: ever afraid of a dude named Jeffrey. You know, he's a bloke from down the street.
4: (laughs) Weed, mostly. (laughs) Mostly. A little bit of this, a little bit of that. (laughs) What's (laughs) in
1: the Jeffrey? (laughs) Sorry.
3: Sorry. Okay. I need to add one of those buttons on here.
2: Get him to the Greek. You seen that movie?
4: No. Dude, who's oh, seen that movie?
2: Me. I've seen that movie, so that was I didn't I, I wasn't like uh, I didn't go out like set out to see it. I thought that was, you know, I, I just uh, wasn't interested. But I was at a buddy's house where they put it on, and uh, dude, that shit is hilarious! It's hilarious! Dude, I think anything dude. with Russell Brand, My, like, hilarious, hilarious, funny.
4: Movie's great, hilarious. I love the Dave, universe. Gabe, watch. Get him to the Greek.
5: I don't watch these movies, God man. Damn it. Okay. it, dude.
0: If it's not like at least thirty years old, Gabe doesn't watch it.
1: Yeah, that's true. I love. I also love like when directors and writers like create their universe right, and connect right, their movies. Right. But they're not they're not sequels to each other no. or anything. But they happen in the same yeah, universe. Like, yeah, it's loosely Marshall. connected. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So like get him to, so, like, get him to the Marshall, Greek but... and forget him to Marshall in the same universe. But like Kevin Smith with all of his movies, Mall Rats, Clerks, all of those, like he does it in the same world but Dude. they're not sequels to each other yeah, in It's any like way. all those Jet Apatow you movies.
0: Know? Dude, like, I, yeah, I, I like love the, Paul Rudd. Yeah, I love I love like,
1: the I love Lars
2: that. Ulrich cameo in uh, Get Him to the Greek, right? He's banging his ex-chick uh, Yes, like
1: yes. It's, oh, it's, my
4: God. Yes, and he he's is off rhythm the whole time. <laughs> <laughs>
2: and his snare drum
4: sounds like
3: shit. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> even Aldous Snow is like, Jesus, Lars. Oh, my God. He didn't even <laughs> yeah, he's like, I always thought you'd be with the front man.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what they're talking about. Uh, well, yeah, okay, Gabe's yeah. going
0: to pretty much be
4: lost
1: on anything that we it's talk all good, about man. Like right now. <laughs> Maybe that'll be a segment we're going to we're gonna talk about a music uh, movie. You know?
4: Yeah, if you have any movies that Gabe needs to watch, please let us know. Well, Jeez, he still hasn't seen this as Spinal Tap. Oh, I, I, mean, I, I, I didn't even bring that up I, on I think
5: I've seen that movie by all the references y'all have made. <laughs> uh, I I've probably seen. It. I made yeah. a reference last time. You can kind of
2: make it out. There's
1: a little le- a reference in the last time. I said the you know this one goes up to eleven. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're like, I, mean, I
2: haven't seen it, but I've
1: the seen up it. to eleven reference is like the most standard yeah. Yeah, reference. Yeah, that's a, you know what I mean? But oh, that's man. an
4: entry level reference, Austin. Hey, you, can okay, okay, you can do better. You can do better. That's fair. That's Fuck fair. the napkin. Sorry. <laughs>
2: Dude, See? you know what? I was at the you'd, airport. You'd, in you'd, in the you'd
4: laugh even harder if <laughs> you'd seen awesome. the movie. I got so, stopped by the airport anyway, security for
2: the. This might be in my uh, pants, yeah. this might be unpopular opinion, but uh, I uh, I it wasn't until maybe like two couple years ago that I finally saw the wall, like the movie.
3: Mm-hmm. Oh, dude, that movie was crazy.
2: I got so like I'm like, man, I've never seen that. I, mean, I got geared up and everything. I, I watched it, and I don't know. I was like. <laughs> It's just weird, man. It's a weird visual thing. Like, when he's like shaving off his eyebrows
0: and all that shit. But have you
4: ever watched The Wizard of Oz with the dark side of the moon synced up to it?
2: No, I have not. I want to do that. Because it's I actually know. pretty cool it's actually pretty but cool is it cool though because it like is. I said the wall no, my no. imagination was like fucking no, 10 times cooler it, than it, I don't want to like it is really cool anything,
4: there's just there's just all sorts of really weird coincidences but, but did like, you and,
5: see it on yeah. weed man of course dude <laughs> but like on weed okay
3: hey, so I've you seen half-baked yeah there you go see? that's but a good
4: but have you seen the back of a $20 bill on weed,
5: weed man <laughs> see I've seen half-baked
4: and he has like a marginal stack in the background for some reason well that's at the end He's like, okay, he's got an apartment in New York, and he has a Marshall stack. That's awesome. Like, give me a break. He yeah, never uses yeah. that thing, no. yeah. dude.
5: That's like, like an old <laughs> school. Cops are automatically like, at your house. That's like an old school badass fucking half stack. Yeah, chilling. Yeah.
1: yeah. John Stewart, right? John Stewart. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That was that was a great cameo. That was hilarious, man. All those cameos in that movie, like uh, during that whole sequence of them, like talking about the different types of yeah, stuff. Yeah, w- w- like, to Willie. Yeah, 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 Willie. Also. Willie Nelson, Snoop Dogg, like, all of yeah. them. Like, it's How <clears> the, <throat> it's the hell, hilarious. like, I just don't understand how he landed that so early in his career, all of those. Like, it was all the Comedy Central people. Yeah, right? I mean, it was yeah. just because that's how... That was just a statement of how much like already people were like, Dave Chappelle, oh, this guy is up and coming. He's like Yeah.
4: Either hey. that or he paid them in weed. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's, hey, true.
1: that's that might be the
4: thing yeah. too, you know. Hey Willie Nelson, I got an ounce of weed with your name on it. I need so,
1: two minutes of your time. <laughs> hey man, Willie did the Dukes of Hazard movie, so I don't think it's too know. hard to get. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I True. always picture that Snoop got the idea to wear his hair in the two braids like that from Willie Nelson, like they were just hanging out one day. Wait, did he have like three braids?
0: Legs. Didn't he have like one hair off the back too? They're, like they're like? homies. No, I mean, oh, no I know that they've homies, homies Yeah, no, bro, yeah. I've seen oh. things
5: about that. I, I wonder who can sit down and fucking pocket at you know the most bud between like <laughs> Willie Nelson and John. John, didn't they do
4: a song together recently? Can you they look that up?
6: Um, I think I've seen an interview. Uh, I think Snoop said Willie's the only person who's ever smoked him under the table. Oh, <laughs> I, believe it, dude. I, think,
4: I think I've
1: seen that. Yeah, yes. I think I've.
6: Is that something you
0: just it. say out of respect, or do you believe that actually? So happened? totally, no, yeah. no, I bet it <coughs> totally, <coughs> totally. Right? Off the is that
4: one of those things where it's like where everyone's like, "Oh know like Jeff Beck's way better than me," or is it like for real? No, it no, no, really no, no right quick, right <laughs> quick, right
5: quick, right quick. I need everybody sitting around this table right now, and anyone who's listening at home or whatnot to look up the interview um, with uh, Toby Keith about the, during his birthday weekend or whatever, he was in Vegas and he was playing the show, and down the way, of course, Willie was doing something with some other artists or whatnot, and um, they were like, yeah, dude, you know, it's his weekend, we're gonna be partying, we're gonna be, you know, throwing it up, we're in Vegas and whatever, and he goes, I'm gonna go check out Willie's show and, you know, say what's up to him, you know, send my regards, whatnot, and um, Willie, you know, invites him to his bus after the show. And it's um, Vegas, so it's not like you know a, where it's this gonna is going to turn in anytime soon, you know? So he's like, I'll There's go no time. out there and hang out yeah. with Willie for a moment. He said, dude, he took like a hit or two of whatever Willie was smoking. And, bro, he was like, I had to have my, like, entourage take him to his room, forget the night and after party. And he was like, I slept till, like, late afternoon the following day. Dude, he smoked a Jeffrey. And See, was Keith? like, I was See, done. don't.
4: don't. Don't ever believe Toby Keith's image. He's clearly a pussy. There you well,
6: go.
5: you know what? The thing about it is, he's
6: from he's from Oklahoma. The I thing think. about He'll it put is, a boot in your well, ass. the
4: boys from Oklahoma roll their joints all wrong.
5: The guy, the guy's Damn, like I'm eight,
4: eight feet tall. You knew that. Huh? I'm surprised. you you that. I love that song. Cross Canadian Ragweed is a fantastic. The guy's
5: band. about eight feet tall and about 400 pounds in comparison to fucking little old Willie. O. no, you know Four, what I mean? 400 pounds of pussy. True. <laughs> true. Uh, yeah. But at the same time, I was just blown away by it. And I'm like, this guy is fucking... Dude, if we ever get... Hold on, hold if on. If we ever
1: get big and Toby Keith like, eventually hears this... <laughs> hey, well, like, like, dude, I'm, I'm down.
4: I'll back it up.
3: <laughs> That's I can fine. run a lot faster than That's his That's <laughs> ass. <And> I, I, <laughs> I have balls.
4: I'll tell him what I think of him to his face. It's fine. John, Yeah, You like his music, update. though. Do. They've made hey, Toby. Like five or six songs together. See? Snoop Dogg and Willie Nelson have recorded several songs together. Yeah. Is one of them, Roll Me Up and Smoke Me When I Die? Correct. Yes. Have you... you... You heard that song? I don't
5: think so.
3: This
4: anymore. is like Willie, Willie Nelson's oh, most Oh, they wrote whiskey hit. for
5: my man and beer for my horses.
4: Mo- <laughs> uh, Willie Nelson's most recent hit yeah. is a song called Roll Me Up and Smoke Me When I Die. That's awesome. It's awesome. hilarious. you you got to listen to it. It's a How much do you think that's going to go for? It's, a, gr- it's it. a great country song. Cool.
2: We'll have
1: to add it to the playlist yeah, next I, week.
4: I, yeah, totally. So well, we sure.
1: didn't add it on this week, but we do got a lot of good stuff on this cool. week. And we're a little bit in the country. Aaron,
3: well, you got, you got actually, some. Actually,
0: wait. I think before we did the playlist, though, John, didn't you have some?
1: Oh, oh. That's right.
6: That's right. Yeah. Uh today in music history, February 24th, um 1968, Fleetwood Mac released their debut studio album. Cool. Mm-hmm. And another good one here, The Eagles' Greatest Hits became the first album to be certified platinum by the RIAA. Yeah, I saw
1: that one too. Really? What, what year, was that? Was, that? That. What year uh, was that?
2: 1976 on
6: 1976.
2: that. 1976. First
6: platinum
4: album 76. Yeah. So, uh, that's that's a good bit of
0: trivia right there,
4: man. Yeah. It's funny with the Eagles. Like, so they were just kind of like a mid level band. But their their songs, like, a couple years after they came out, classic rock radio was like invented. Mm -hmm. And so it totally rejuvenated their career several years after their original singles came out because, like, the, the greatest hits album, the the label put out greatest hits volume one. And it was like, I want to say the greatest, the number one selling album of all time until thriller took over. And I want to say it's like, still like
1: number three at this point. Oh, wow. Yeah. Hmm. It's pretty ridiculous. Well, I that mean, it's massive, you know, <laughs> man.
0: That's crazy to think it was. It was like, yeah,
1: it's it's funny. There's, I mean, there's certain bands that like that kind of just happens to like. It kind of happened with like Sublime, Sublime. sublime uh, But it's like, the you know, like, version.
4: Here comes So Cowboy with his Sublime reference.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
5: no, it was Sublime. Who, you know, <laughs> 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 Who had episode two? Who <laughs> <laughs> had episode two on the episode two? Oh, that. Oh my God. That, that was that, that was that band that uh, Toby Keith fronted, right? Uh, tune,
4: tune, tune in next week Sublime where we're going to talk about
1: jo- uh, Jack Johnson's full discography.
5: Hey, hey,
1: <laughs> I know you always you hate on Jack Johnson. I love him. But no,
0: we we hate on Jason Mraz. But
1: Jack Johnson. I like too. Jason Mraz. Too, Jason man. Mraz writes way all. better lyrics than Jack Johnson. Yeah, I think he's he's got a better voice too. Um, anyway, no, I mean I was just saying like with you know like Santeria, like it was re released as a single in. 96 even though it was originally released on the album in 94 yeah and it didn't really like go sometimes big it takes until, some time yeah, exactly yeah uh so, no a couple other things i wanted to add on to the uh, the today music history i found as well that i thought was interesting um in 1963 the rolling stone started a sunday night residency at the station hotel in richmond surrey and they were paid uh 24 euros which was 41 dollars Wait, there were no Euros back then. And they played in front of, uh, or pounds, sorry, my bad. Get it together, man. Whatever. He wasn't even born before, bad. yours have been around since he was born. (laughs) Mm. 24 pounds, but uh, yeah, it was $41, and they played for a total of 66 people. Jeez. So that was that was interesting. Can you uh, imagine being
4: one of those sixty six and,
1: and like I, being able to like or show like f- a photo or something or yeah. one of the
4: sixty six thousand who says they're one of those sixty six? <laughs> <laughs> right, that's more for likely. Right. That's definitely. I was there. Um,
1: <laughs> you said the Fleetwood Mac in nineteen sixty nine. The Jimi Hendrix Experience played their last ever British performance. Um, wow! No, yeah. so they didn't tour Royal for very Albert long, right? No, that was the experience no. was just like
4: a couple of years, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. And then um, Band of Gypsies, and then that was it.
1: A little, uh, there was a, for your gossip column, uh, it was also the day in 1992 Kurt Cobain married Courtney Love in Waikiki, Hawaii. Ooh. Fun fact. Uh, but then the last one I got that I thought was really cool is about, we talked about on the last episode, because it's February, Grammys and stuff. And so there was another one, I guess, in 2000, it land, lined up with This Week. And Carlos Santana was the one who uh, cleared shop in 2000. With eight awards in that year uh, for that the, the Supernatural album, take it easy, big fellow. Is that uh, the one
2: with uh, Rob Thomas? Yes,
4: and Vanessa Carlton and all of them. Yeah, wait, was that Vanessa Carlton <laughs> was not on that? That was she like Everlast. Had, and the she Fugees has a song with she has a song with Santana. Hey, so wait, yeah,
0: but not go. on that one.
1: And wait, you're, you're thinking of Michelle Branch? Not Michelle Vanessa Branch. Right. What year that was, was that? On. Did you're you say? Pour right. right. another shot, Huff. What year was that? 2000. It was it was the first time he hit a top Town album since eighty one. Um, Sting also won two awards there One for Best Pop Album Another one for Best Male Pop Vocalist And then it was the year that Elton John won the Legend Award And the year that Phil Collins got Best Soundtrack for Tarzan What year was that? 2000
4: wow so 2000 was the last year that anyone with any talent won a grammy yeah pretty much (laughs) wow (laughs) no because that was like that's stacked (laughs) right there that's That's fucking fucking amazing elton john yeah like these are all amazing
1: phil collins like come on like that's great how far we've come in that is an amazing small period of time honestly like that's yeah so i i thought that was (laughs) worth mentioning um it's hilarious like there's been it's like a meme now about people like just discovering how fire that Tarzan soundtrack is (laughs) and like all the like kids on TikTok are like making jokes about how you know they, they the producers just had to be in the room like um, Phil you know this is just like a movie about a dude raised by monkeys right like you don't have to go this hard <laughs> dude,
0: dude, it's Phil, Phil Collins though, man Collins. he's yeah. not gonna no. have yeah, to it He's in. gonna
4: go hard Have you seen have you seen the Alamo diorama that he bought for the city like, <laughs> no. it's insane Wait, Phil, Phil Collins?
5: Collins? Yeah
3: dude he's Phil
4: like huge like buff Phil Wayne? Collins is like the world's largest alamo history buff i remember, I remember him, he's him like being obsessed
1: here. with the alamo yes. and like doing
4: yes. it outside.
5: bro he, he's got that. draws that were worn by like davy crockett <laughs> yeah and, Jim, and
1: he's got santa yeah. Anna's
5: leg
2: oh, <laughs> oh man hey hey hold on and
4: Wee's bicycle
2: This <laughs> yes. is a quick little how many of you guys how many how many people have you met that say they're related to davy crockett am i the only one has been running into people? Yeah. I didn't have any kids. <laughs> Not Crockett, but I've heard
0: some people say stuff like Travis and, and other other ones that were
2: there. I think they're
0: liars, dude.
1: He died at the Alamo. Did he have kids? Who knows, man? He I was, don't think he had kids. He was a
0: pretty big like Playboy, I think. Like before he even got here. Yeah. Come hot, David was- Crockett, dude. What are you talking about? I mean, he. I mean, maybe. I think he was like, a, he served in the Senate and yeah. did all kinds of other he stuff. Was, like he was he a was senator.
4: Tennessee senator. He was an embattled congressman. He was. So he had illegitimate he, he, he had some problems. From and Tennessee. That's why he was like, you know what? The hell with y'all. I'm going to Texas. Right. Et that's well, I'm mean. like. no,
0: Not before he started writing right. books about himself right. to like
4: right. enhance so, his. Uh, so that, that <laughs> quote. Is like, often, hey, Texas, listen up. I'm coming your way. That quote is often misunderstood. It's not like he was like, you know what? Tennessee sucks. Te- Texas is way better. That's where I'm going. It was more like, uh, well, the hell with y'all, I'm leaving Yeah. So, but you know What are you
1: going to do? But
5: on this topic, I think we're forgetting something pretty Pretty uh, badass here But um, physical graffiti Oh
1: mind, yes, I knew there was one more That I was going to, I didn't get in on your Yeah Zep album, uh, physical graffiti um, There was like A whole thing as well that John Paul Jones um, It was around the time where he was like Threatening to leave the band to go be like the director of uh, the cathedral or something like that. I read that, but then it was re- it was really just like a front because he just wanted time off for the tour drummers, schedule, dude. Where they get all that stuff. He's the bass player, player. <laughs> and
0: principal songwriter.
1: But. Um, but yeah, that was really interesting. I don't know. Do you hey, want you to talk Jason about Bonham? that album? I mean, that's something.
3: No, I thought I thought you mean, said
2: Jason. I know who the drummer and bass player for Led Zeppelin is. Okay, I thought you said Jason yeah, Bonham. Neil Peart. <laughs> no, um, no, it, it's just real cool how
5: like just that that in fact took place, you know, with the whole the issues with uh, John Paul Jones and all that, and, and you know that that angle with you know him, of course, you know putting out that front and whatnot, mm-hmm. but
1: just to get time off, yeah,
5: man. I mean, honestly, they were one of those front runners there man at that time frame that were just out and about and they were
1: what year was that i forgot to screenshot that That was
5: 1975 when it came out yeah and that was i think at that time they had just jumped ship from uh, um, atlantic records and And started they started their own label yeah and that was when um i think if and i'm not mistaken i think jimmy page was the actual producer of that
1: yeah, it I said, believe so. It said they used a <clears throat> lot of like leftover songs that they didn't get to put on. Yeah, it was a albums. bunch of stuff
5: that they had had, and then it just, you know, came together and, you know, it, at Headley Grange, right?
1: Uh, I, I want
5: to say physical graffiti was there.
4: I can't tell you for sure.
5: Because I know Cashmere, the, the drums were recorded there. Right. And that was like yeah, an outtake probably, from something. Right. And then it John, just,
1: can you pull up like the Wikipedia page for that album?
5: I'm sorry, which, uh, uh Davy Crockett had
6: six children. <laughs> oh. Oh, oh. There's There's the oh, there there we go. go. There we go. All right. Fair yeah.
1: enough. All right. I'm, I'm. Uh, what so I settles that? Physical graffiti. Physical, yeah. Zeppelin. I wanted to say that was there. And what's the a question? Range.
0: The question is, how many children did John Bonham have? <laughs> oh, <man. laughs>
4: Only one that I'm aware of. Ac- accounted for. No, <laughs> no, but just like uh we're, we're trying to see where it was about a, that album
2: Yeah, pull up the Wikipedia We're trying to see where it was uh, recorded Hey, dude, uh, kind of on that note This is kind of veering off a little bit But did, you, did anybody see the recent article about Bruce Dickinson With his, like, long-lost daughter From, like, a fling from so many years ago Or something like that That was kind of interesting If nobody wow. has heard of it So I read this uh just a few weeks ago So there was this... Uh, So,
0: real quick, for those of y'all who don't know who Bruce Dickinson is, lead singer
2: from Iron Maiden. No, I'm I'm leaving, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Well,
0: you know, I don't know who's gonna tune in or what,
2: but I'm just kidding. So we know. (laughs) So yeah, uh, thanks, Aaron. I was totally lost personally. Who's
5: Iron Maiden? Who's that? (laughs) I, I thought he was like an author or something.
2: Yeah, no.
3: What it was the best of
4: times. It was the worst of times. God damn it! Wait Bruce until I bust Dickinson. into my country
0: stuff, <laughs> assholes.
2: Yeah, dude. So no, something about like he had some. Well, the, the 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 girl wrote the article, so she's like, I guess she's the daughter of Bruce Dickinson from like a fling from you know the Fear of the Dark era or something like that. <laughs> and uh, you know, she's always known that her father was Bruce Dickinson. The mother, you know, told her and everything, and so somehow she tracked him down. And that uh, they met up at a concert or something like that. She said at first the the the, the reception from him was very you know oh my god so so good to meet you all that kind of stuff you know my god you know we got years to make up for and uh, she thought it was going to be great um, and then like they you know communicated back and forth a little bit and then just like Bruce just stopped responding and so the woman says that she thinks it has something to do with Bruce's uh, what current wife or something I, I don't know it gets really it gets really messy. But, uh, yeah, but Bruce Tickets, yeah. got stuff going on. And he Damn.
4: decided to run run to the hills Find that one. <laughs> oh, oh, that uh, was a good one. That was good. <laughs> that was great. That's for you, Hav. That was
6: awesome. Hobbs done. Got your answer here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay,
6: yeah, uh, so where was it recorded? In? Um, well, you know, there's, there's four sides. A um, lot of songs recorded. I'm sure they
4: weren't all recorded in the same place. Yeah, yeah.
6: weren't, yeah. but most of them at Headley Grange in yeah. Hampshire. Okay, so yeah.
5: Now, I think, if I remember correctly, um, around that time that they were actually uh, recording that album, uh, they were using, like, when they were doing the stuff at Hedley Grange and they were using all the shit, you know, from... Who was it, Hav? Help me out on this one. You probably might know. Davy Crockett. (laughs) No, no, it was um, Bruce Dickinson. Uh, I, I think Boston jumped in and began recording their their initial album
3: dude no. is that why it took
4: like 10 years for them to record it no that's not possible i'm more than positive because boston recorded more than positive boston recorded more than a, words more
0: than a feeling yeah more than oh a feeling. yeah <laughs> oh aaron got that one and,
4: uh, um
5: can you look at Boston? Up?
4: Boston <laughs> recorded their debut album in Tom Schultz's home studio, and he went to MIT and he he built like the board and even like the compressors and shit himself. Yeah, I, I don't I, even, I don't know if it's true, but they I, said he had like and, a
0: van that was built with yeah,
5: like all the gear and, and it was like parked outside. And, and, and he, he that's, recorded that's,
4: all the instruments. The van was for actually what w- vocals.
5: The van was actually used. What they took to Headley Grange. Really? Okay. So the
4: mobile recording. Van. The mobile recording right. van and the, was ro- then the Rolling used.
5: Stones used to use those as right. well. Right. Yeah. So that actual. Yeah. Van during the whole situation with you know uh, physical graffiti or whatever I guess was like it was put off or whatnot because Boston then came in and, and used needed the, and needed the van yeah that's wow. crazy <laughs> right? guys
0: can I, can I get my van back yeah that's
4: you know it's right? you know
1: crazy all the technology that they built into that van is now in the palm of our hand like even. Less so. I, I don't dude, know. Have you, you ever used GarageBand? Yeah. Dude, all Doesn't that sound like Boston's first record. No. all dude. <laughs> no. You can uh, record, no labels, no you can no record shit just as good on an iPad. <laughs> dude, like, let me tell you, you know about vinyl, bro. Okay? No, you can't. And it's not just, but you, it's more than GarageBand that no, you, you can, can get on that. Yeah. No, you can Okay, you're one of those that says record sounds better no. than digital, too. No, no. Have you ever
0: heard the album on CD? All I'm saying is. No way, bro.
4: Cassette tape, dude. That's where it's at. In theory, Weed you can man. record anything you want on a phone, but the audio quality is never going to be as good as it would be through actual proper recording equipment.
1: No, yeah, I mean, there's always going to be the like the yeah. real studio sound for sure. Yeah. Uh, but it's and just, yes, yeah. for
4: the record, records in certain cases do sound better. It depends. Uh, was the album made to be on a record? If well, so, it sounds better on a record. You know why was called? it made to be on a CD? If so, it doesn't matter. You Modern social yeah. media
2: influencers would disagree.
4: You know you know why it's called an album? Well, I consider myself one of those. So mm. I disagree. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> why is it called an album, John?
6: Well, y'all know any takers? Y'all know Wait, wait do I have to get
0: the button ready? I, for did the didn't we on? talk about this already? Well, yeah, I, think I think you told did. me already. Oh, really? So, so really? I think I I we already uh, talked about but it. We'll I, it. Let I may, you I may it. have
6: been drunk. Oh. <laughs> Probably. Well, because, you know, the records, they could only fit so many songs on them. So you'd have, you know, two or three for records and be stored oh, so in a, in a an album. album like a book like a Got photo it. album yeah like a photo yeah and uh, the the
0: Terms, stuff so, um, hangs around today Maybe I was drunk and I don't remember you saying that Because
4: that's news to me I, I've never known that
0: I yeah. might be drunk maybe, What did
2: you just say right now? <laughs> maybe maybe we're
4: all drunk and we need to start talking about this playlist already um,
2: oh,
3: yeah. oh yeah
0: yeah. So, uh, oh. Alright folks, so uh, for those of y'all who are tuning in for the first time We are doing a Spotify playlist where every episode we uh, add our new additions Each of the members in the band brings three to the table Um, It could be anything from what we're just listening to or something that they just feel like everybody should know. Um, Anyhow, you can catch that on Spotify. It's uh, pretty simple, the Rambling Souls playlist. So just search that and it should come right up. And uh, yeah, so you can find everything that we're we're doing on a weekly basis. And uh, so anybody want to start it off? You kick it off. Go ahead. Okay. um, All right. So um, mine's a little all over the place, (laughs) I think. Uh, uh, you're just a little country. Oh, that's I, I don't know okay. if it's so all cool. over the place. It's two, just... two of the three, and and you would think so just by reading the names, but it's not quite. So first off, one of my favorite bands, like I mean, not just new bands or anything. I think I mean they hold up to me with some of the greats. Uh, Turnpike Troubadours. No, I
1: love them. They're really good. Uh, Huge I agree
0: fan. Evan Felker to me is one of the best songwriters that's alive right now. Uh, just phenomenal with everything he does, and it's just such a really cool uh, track because uh, it starts off. It's like telling the story of like how like you know like a tornado would happen in Oklahoma, but he's, Which, talk, he's talking to a girl, and it's kind of like he's tying it in uh, with the relationship and just the his his, his conversationalist type of uh, style as far as lyrics, it works so perfectly with this format because. I mean, you feel like you're sitting down at a bar talking to the guy and he's telling you a story, but you're able to picture everything in your head as you hear like the very simple words come out. It's just totally cool, man. I I really dig this song.
1: I do. I I like Turnpike. I I like the way they he is. He's a really good uh, it's, you know, they're they're a country band um, and they're from Oklahoma, sadly. I was gonna say they're the only good thing to come out of Oklahoma. Hey
0: man, we got we got Dude, some friends hey,
1: up in Oklahoma I'm on now. <laughs> I'm just messing around. No, but uh but they do. They um he has that ability that like that like Willie Nelson had and oh, like, yeah. some of the like the really greats and that's why yeah. I think they hold up um is because it really just does feel like just, you know, telling a story rather than singing a song to you you yeah i mean one of the coolest things like the
0: way that the song starts off it's like with the screaming lead for on on the fiddle from a guy named kyle Nix. i mean i know that i mean if you guys want to get real nerdy about the country stuff then like i'm sure a lot of people are going to have a ton of other dudes that they can throw on top but i think that the way that kyle Nix plays it's it's he's very much his own player like how we see um like guitarists in in country a lot of times the fiddle the steel guitar and stuff gets gets kind of thrown to the side because it's like eh hey, that's the it's country thing. it's like sound. texture more yeah exactly but you hear you you'll you'll hear things that are specifically him like mm-hmm. his style like his licks that he's playing but it starts off with this really it's just like the screaming do like the just the way that he plays it it's just it's yeah. a really cool way to like settle into the story it starts off big and then it's like boom okay now I'm going to start talking
1: no yeah i love him dude like uh just one more thing on like the conversation thing. It was, they embody what my dad used to tell me about how he's always seen that music should be when you're playing music live, it should feel like a conversation rather than a speech. Yeah. You know, it shouldn't be just speaking to the crowd. It should be an interactive experience and something. And
0: dude, that's what I love about Turnpike and specifically with this song is because I mean, it feels like you're sitting at the bar talking to the guy through whatever means you're listening to it from, and I, yeah. I think it's a really special thing. Um, even if country's not really your thing, I would I would say just start off with this song. I mean, it's it's an easy listen. At the end, like if you don't like it, you don't like it. It's not that long. I mean, it's cool yeah. though. But like if you just take it for for like the picture that he's painting, and you know he he's using something that people in, in you know Tornado Alley know all too well. And you know, some of us down here in Texas, like we've experienced this stuff, and we know kind of like what tornadoes are like, and and what have you. I've seen the movie, but I'm <laughs> anyhow, he's <laughs> he he he, good movie. he he does this brilliant job of relating it to like his interaction with this this girl, mm-hmm. and it's just, you, you got to hear it for yourself, man. It's just it's such a good song that that whole album. Um, I mean, it's their latest one before they went on a hiatus, but man, that uh, that's one of those ones where it's like front to back, like you don't skip songs. Cool side, stuff, dude.
5: side note, I'd never heard of or listened to Turnpike Troubadours up into one of the visits that we had to Nashville, Aaron and I. And the whole way up there, I listened to a lot of that and another artist that he mentioned on our last episode, Marcus King, on just about repeat. And, I mean, I loved it. I loved it. And as he's explaining the stories, like as if though he's on VH1 Storytellers or something, that's Aaron. <laughs> that was really, really cool. And also about that was that last trip that we took to Nashville, the, dude, there was this tornado warnings everywhere. That's why I put that on. <laughs> and I was like, shitting bricks, because I've never had to worry about that, but that was Dude, it was so crazy. Far. It was so far
0: from us. I was getting the weather updates and everything. I knew we weren't going to drive into it. Right on. It was actually going away from us, but it was kind of weird seeing like green sky and all that stuff and, you know, it was fun. Yeah, But anyways, got on about Turnpike for a bit. So um, the first track is the, uh, of my picks. It's called Tornado Warning by Turnpike Troubadours. Um, My second is going to be Trudy, Charlie Daniels Band. I mean, it's a great song, and I know you guys said I was country heavy on this one, but if you actually listen to that song... I mean, it's funky, dude.
1: It's like Charlie this, Daniels is band. hugely influential, yeah, dude. It's um, this this funky, rocking like yeah. just song like
5: Call of Judy on the telephone. And yeah, like,
1: I was hearing it's got those like real like funk uh, guitar kind of the, the bass line on that. Don't
0: don't do yeah. It's super cool. Um, I, that's just one of those ones that I mean, this week's like especially like I kept on they kept on coming up. I guess it's because it's on my phone, but, like, um, yeah, just putting things on on shuffle. I'm like, God, that's such a good song. And I feel like it's one of his lesser known. And, yeah, I just felt like sharing that one. Um, Okay, so this is where I get weird. Uh, I'm going to break the the theme. I had to go with one of my all-time, you know, favorite bands. Call me cheesy, whatever, dude. Alkaline Trio. So um
4: Yay, Hob finally agrees with her. <laughs> okay, but th- this is the thing is I,
0: <laughs> if there's any people who are actually fans of them, they're probably gonna be like shit on me wait, right now. Wait, agrees with them
1: as in you like them or or they're cheesy. As in I love Bold. Alkaline Trio. Okay. Yeah. I honestly like that's way more my cup of tea. I yeah. can admit that like I don't know much of their music, and that's yeah. something that I probably should listen so to. So like when they're, I don't know these those.
2: when I don't know these artists, I just look at um Hob and I'm like Yes, no. Alkaline. No. Okay. Alkaline Trio is one of those Al- bands that oh, like
4: doesn't get any of the press that any of their contemporaries got, but without them, a lot of their contemporaries would not be as good. Like, there's, no, I'm sorry, in my opinion, there's no My Chemical Romance without Alkaline Trio. Oh, absolutely not. Really? Yeah, they, really, they have that know? like that Can't darker that. that darker side of the punk mm-hmm. of the punk realm. They were so good, yeah. and I'm I'm so happy for Matt Skiba too that he's finally getting a taste of the limelight that yeah, he's dude, been after for they, so long. Dude, they hustled
0: for forever and never forever. Got it. Forever. It's like and they they got by off of like a cult dude, following. Pretty It, man, it cheers, makes me it dude. makes
4: me so sad, honestly, that the rest of the band can't be with him on that journey of Blink 182 success. But for those yeah. of you who don't know, Matt Skiba, the singer and songwriter for Alkaline Trio, took Tom DeLong's place. In Blink 182, a few years ago. Okay. So their most recent record has him on mm. guitar and singing, uh, Blink 182. Blink 182's most huh. recent record has yeah. Matt Skiba from from uh, Alkaline Trio hmm. as their guitarist and second vocalist. Nice. Okay. Um, he and, does such a good job, and with he it too. fits. And no, of course it's not Tom, but he fits right in it it sounds great. It's really really good stuff. So I'm happy for him on that one. That's, no, so, that's a good really so pick. So
0: I what I what I'm, I'm going to get to with the the Alkaline Trio stuff is that for those that actually are fans of them, uh, a lot of times um for this particular album like they it gets shit on a lot. Uh, I really like this the, the the song I chose is called it's uh, She Lied to the FBI. To me it's more of it's it's like a updated version of something they would have done on older albums like from Here to Infirmary, uh, uh, what is it, uh, God damn It, and then, um, what
4: was the other one before, From Here the, to Infirmary? The last one before the big one, which I do not recall the name oh,
0: of. Oh, anyhow, so, it's like they had this old school, like, punky sound that wasn't quite punk, it wasn't, like, when all the pop punk stuff was happening, and getting all emo and stuff, like, it it didn't really quite fit into any of those genres, and, yeah. and this this particular track is reminiscent of that period but it's a lot when was more it updated that,
1: that like came out like
4: oh this song i mean this has been out for years man
0: no i know,
1: know. i'm uh, saying like what like period did, like they so were
4: probably hottest like, like 2000s, early 2000s
1: early 2000s that's what i was mm, trying to, like yeah. late 90s or yeah, early yeah so, oh maybe more.
0: i'll catch fires the other album i was thinking there, there. you
4: go yeah. so they were very like um they weren't quite Emo enough to be an emo band, but they were definitely more thoughtful and dark mm-hmm. emo and poetic things, eh? even than a punk band. And they weren't poppy enough to be a pop punk band. So they have yeah, the, a real they, cult they, following they for sure. They fell through all of the cracks. They so fell, would you say like, every like, crack there could be to selling records, yeah. they fell straight through it. Yep.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, the way you just described that makes me think of like Panic or something like na-
4: that. Well,
0: okay. Now, th- 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 I I think at the time that Panic at the Disco came out, then maybe. That that same kind of approach was there, but it, that's way way watered down to what yeah, I don't know
5: any prim. of these bands.
4: But but I would say <laughs> oh, that Panic of the Disco. I would say, however, Austin, that first record, Panic of the Disco, definitely has some of those alkaline trio-ish yeah. elements.
1: No, I, that's like, that's the panic that I think kind of is like, like early, a early panic with
4: the a leaning towards super paragraph long super harmonic and names. minor stuff and a little bit of orchestration.
0: Okay, yeah, yeah. It, it, I really need to bands.
1: again, like I've heard the name really so many band. times. And I, I'm like almost ashamed to admit that I just I, haven't delved. So one, one thing that right, I, I I I'm really not.
0: wanted to like pull out with the Alkaline <laughs> Trio stuff is I don't that feel bad. <laughs> okay, just to give you a little bit of history on them, they they had a they had their original drummer. They've always been a trio, and then they they came out with an album called Good Morning, and that's when they got a, a dude named Derek Grant on drums. Now he's played for he, he's kind of like a session dude. He's played for like everybody, Vandals, like just all over the place. Um, played for everyone. But when they, they got him in the band, it's kind of like when Blink got Travis and it just solidified their sound. And that became, like, to me, what I, what I consider what really like. trio. yeah. yeah. Uh, but <clears throat> I specifically want to highlight this one, not because like the drums are so impressive or anything, but they're fucking solid. Like, and you watch this guy play. They're just what needs to be done. Yeah, dude, like- watch him play. I think they did, um, well, when Good Morning came out, they did Letterman or something like that. And I'm sure you could YouTube it. They did a song called All on Black. And you just watch the way that Derek Grant moves, and he's so, like, intentional with everything. Like, his movements, when he hits his crashes, it's like a, a quick snap, and, like, it's just really crisp and sharp, like, almost, like, military, like, drumline style. Mm-hmm. But it's... it's And it comes out in, in, in the way he plays, his attack. So bringing that that style to the old older-ish um, Alkaline Trio sound... Um, it basically, it was like tying to, together the best of both worlds for me. So it's yeah. like, it's reminiscent of their old stuff, like where they started, you know, the real, you know, more, more punky stuff, but with the crisp, clean, just like great production, everything kind of sound of like their later stuff. So yeah, I had to throw that on the list, but damn, I'm dominating the time. Great <laughs> stuff, dude. Who wants to go next?
4: Well, yeah. honestly, Alkaline Trio is a good segue into Austin's first choice, which That's is what, a song I was kind by, of by Rise the-
1: Against. All right, so right. I I was okay, so I picked this because first of all, that it was it was really tough for me to pick a song off of that album. Basically, that just whole, that whole album. Wait, which album I was love. this one? Um, it's uh, it's the one. It's got prayer refugee and. So it's like um, the one like with, like, to swing, fall. swing Life Away and all that? Uh, uh, Jesus, it's got one of those. Suffer weird. and the witness. Yeah, suffer. Yeah, something like that. It's uh, I, I'm terrible with that. It's one of those albums that I bought the CD when I was a kid. I went into, you know, Barnes & Noble or a CD store, I don't know, and I just decided to go through everything and picked up a few, and it's just literally followed me from the time I bought it all the way till now just in every car that i've owned you know and i just pop it in every once in a while like one of those albums yeah. and so i i popped it in the other day and i was just like just as soon as the beginning of the album starts when it goes in it's just the snare roll and they come in with the this is noise and then you know i just i loved it man that's the kind of shit that got me amped up uh you know about rock and roll young young i got amped up with my mom mom's influence about acdc and all that stuff and just heavy riffs and um you know some of it uh, the stuff she listened to was a little more party rock but then i got into the more uh hard rock and stick it to the man rock and punk and stuff like that and this was you know a little transition into that not um i mean yeah i mean they're 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 uh pretty punk, I guess, you know, you know, they're they they
0: have a lot of punk elements to mm-hmm. them, but they're uh, much like
1: Aquan Trio. There's something that like, yeah, they're not
0: quite, they're just kind of like in your face and rocking. You know? Oh
1: yeah, man. They're just so, I don't know. They're so heavy. I kind of wanted to see what Hav, uh, what his opinion of rise against was and everything. I don't know. Cause you're, you know, you're that era of dude. Um, um I, I, that hesitation makes me feel like I'm not going to like
3: this. <laughs>
4: I don't I don't hate Rise Against. I mm-hmm. don't. I think they're I think they're a good band. I think they're a solid band. I think they write solid songs. I think they have a very strong pop sensibility. Yeah. I think that they really found their voice as a band when they finally just embraced the fact that they're actually a pop band and not a real punk band and just Yeah, and that's pop what and that's I what think. I
0: was saying. I beg to differ because I, th- I think one of the most impressive things about them is that they're a model of consistency in my opinion. Well, you know, well they're heavy like, and they're they are, heavy, but but, but album to album it sounds like it's just a continuation they of They are, last.
4: but my my biggest gripe about Rise Against honestly and you could and you know, honestly, if you're not especially if you're not a punk fan you could say well that's true of every punk band but to me my biggest criticism of rise against is that there's just not enough dynamic between their songs there's not enough to differentiate one song from the other song from the other song okay so i'll have to say that
1: um this album if you listen to it front to back that is actually false for this album and so that's why i love this album so much because it actually for a punk band and that's why i said pretty punk because it, a typical punk band like that kind of is a thing where it's just very like heavy and going forward and you know obviously the main parts of certain songs are very similar but the really cool thing about this album is they've got a lot of songs that will have um that you know fast intro or something but it it rises and dips and flows and it goes into this like cool t- tempo change or halftime and, in the but chorus. see that's exactly what i'm um, saying
4: i feel like at this point you sound like every other punk band by doing that half time. Oh, we'll do the chorus slow this time, et cetera, et cetera. Which, you know, 15 years ago was innovative and now isn't so much. Well, that was 15 but years ago. In, in, <laughs> this came out 15 but, years ago. <laughs> But in Rise Against Case, um, like I said, they were never my favorite band, but I've never had anything against them. Yeah. Really. No, I feel you. I, I can, I'm going to uh, go with Rise on Against. This one. Against, um, against like them. They just against me. You know they're from Anybody? Chicago, and so they came up from that same scene that had, honestly, bands like Fall Out Boy in them mm-hmm. play, probably playing the same shows. You could probably Google that, but you know they, they have that they have that very punk genesis. But as I said, I think that. If you look them up now, they describe themselves as a rock band. Yeah. They don't describe themselves as a punk band Well, anymore. and that's why I hesitated, too, about the like, and, punk and yeah, so alternative, I think, that's a good one. And that's what I meant when I said I feel like they found their voice more by saying, hey, you know what? We do write catchy, FM- anthemic yes, songs, yeah. so we don't have to stick to this punk aesthetic. We're a rock band with well, a I mean, strong punk influence. And, yeah, it works well for them. And, again, I, if I'm being good. honest,
1: like, Prayer of a Refugee is my least favorite song and, on that album. And I will say hit, you know.
4: that I I don't know the singer's name, but I love his voice.
1: Mm-hmm. What else you got? I'm, I'm glad you can uh, awesome. at least admit that because yeah. I love yeah, his, voice. his voice is amazing. Love um, his voice. He's got a crazy range yeah. and it's just really good. What um, else you got, brother? So the other stuff that I put on there, again, uh, just real fast, though, I put that one song on there, but listen to the whole album. I just love that whole album. Um, and it's one of those that you just got to <laughs> listen to front to back. Uh, the next thing, the next two actually are kind of funny. One of them's bigger, one of them's smaller, but they are both uh, known from Austin, Austin, Texas. So local. Um, the first one's Gary Clark Jr., which is, he's been, you know, up and coming, decently well-known at this point. He did, you know, some soundtrack stuff for Gabe, Justice Gary League. Gary Clark Jr.? Which, uh, oh, yeah. All which, yeah, right. Yeah. And I was, I was waiting for Gabe to get back. Um to talk about Gary Clark Jr. because I definitely are we done with the emo stuff? Okay. Uh, I actually
5: saw Gary Clark Jr. at Sam's Burger Joint uh, here. Never in San done Antonio, with the emo stuff. Sam, bro. Really <laughs> in front of probably about it's not a phase. Forty or fifty people, maybe. That's amazing. Yeah,
1: four time. I figured winner. you had a four time Grammy. Uh, I figured you had a story like that or something. That's why I wanted to. Right, it's becoming a theme. With. So I yeah, saw him back
4: there. With you. Well, so to 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 throw in on your theme. Uh, I want to say it was 2012. I was living in Baltimore at the time. I flew back.
3: Baltimore?
4: Well, <laughs> Baltimore. Baltimore, if you're from there, Baltimore.
5: but oh, Baltimore. Really? Yeah.
4: That
3: was just a I reference them, to Scarface, the movie. Yeah,
4: but uh, either way, um, I flew back to go to South by Southwest with a friend of mine um, for that week, and we went. And we were just walking around. We ran into a friend of mine who uh, turned out to be the director of our first music video, Buddy. Buddy oh, Collins. Yeah. Okay. Shout, shout out. Buddy. Randomly ran into him on the street uh, in Austin. And he's like, hey, I hadn't seen him in years, but hey, what are you doing? Nothing, trying to find some food. Come with me. Gary Clark Jr. is playing in 20 minutes at blah, blah, blah. I don't even know. So we went with him. Sure as shit. Same thing. Maybe 60 people there outside patio behind some little hole-in-the-wall bar. Gary Clark Jr. with the great Steve Jordan on drums. On drums.
5: Wow.
1: Wow. It was amazing, yeah. Yeah. Dude, he's so, he's great. So my favorite thing that so I didn't get to see him at that small, but I saw him at Aztec a few years ago. Uh, that's still small. That's was like twelve hundred people. Intimate, max. Like, no, it's like uh, it's actually well, just it's under seventeen hundred. Seventeen hundred. I know this for a fact. You've played there. Yeah. Um, but so I was a bartender there. Actually uh, worked there
2: for like. That's right, You Yeah, I
1: worked you did, there. You, you worked did there. Security, yeah. That's w- that's how I I as soon as Aaron I just go to shows there, you, I I knew who you were because I saw. you I just play go there. to
5: shows there and drink for free. Irwin Awesome was working, <laughs> yeah.
1: drink but anyways, for free. You got fucked up. Us. I got to take well, out a well, loan. If Don't anyone it, if
4: anyone from Live Nation slash the Aztec Theater is listening, do not know nobody drank for free nobody at your venue. Free.
1: Nobody
5: I just meant free. the people that I was there <laughs> was viewing buying the show with drinks. bought drinks.
1: They were buying him drinks. That was the... <laughs> but, no. So, I mean, seeing him there, though. So, the manager, uh, who's actually a friend of me and Hobbs, but he knows that I'm a musician and, you know, a uh, blues guy, rock and roll guy. So, when Gary Clark Jr. came through, he purposefully put me on one of the bars that was near the stage. Awesome. And uh, to this day, that is, like, a life-changing day for me. Oh, yeah. Um, seeing him live and seeing... What, the biggest thing that uh, stuck with me about him was, first of all, his swagger when he walked out. Just his confidence in who he was and what mm-hmm. he was there to do was just unmatched by anybody else I've seen live. But the fact that he went from that to during his encore, he actually brought out um, the opener, that group. I don't know their name. And I really need to like try and figure out who it was because they were amazing. It was a, a blues trio, female front. She was a singer and guitar player, female front, uh, just a trio, guitar, bass, drums, you know. And for his encore, you know, because nobody's there during the opening band, like, or they're all getting beer, they're getting merch and stuff like that. So she didn't have a huge crowd. But then during his encore, when the crowd's completely packed in there, big as it can possibly be, you know, 17, 1800 people, he brought her back it's out. It's just under 1700, just, dude, I just yeah. said. <laughs> <laughs> it can't but be 18. He, he brought her out and just made it all about her. And just was so giving as That's the awesome. fact of like, and it wasn't, and you know, they soloed back and forth a little bit, but he didn't take a lot and it was never, it never felt like it was like, oh, she's soloing. And then he had to take it to make sure that everybody, he didn't, it didn't ever seem like he felt like he had to prove himself. I mean, to everyone's it, but, there to it, see him. Because they're all if there they, to if see they him.
0: went down though, like who would have won, her or him?
1: Dude, Honestly. I'm just no, I'm not, I'm, dude. She was really good. <laughs> hey man, we we, we all respect really Gary Clark Jr. You, you can say it. You can no. Say it. She was really good, but uh, Gary Clark's is just an amazing songwriter. And he's so innovative with his style too. Um, that's the thing that sets him apart from everybody, um, I think. But it was just so amazing to watch how much he was just like lifting her up. Like you know, check this shit out. This is what's happening. It wasn't all about him anymore, even though it was that's his a- Southern show. Southern hospitality, his, man. That's, his that's encore. The his- yeah. And he was just like, yeah, you, already, you guys know who I am. You're here to see me. I've sold out four nights over two weekends here yeah. at this. Ass- this is my fourth night over two weekends, you know, completely sold out, added shows, sold out in a day, you know, like, so he's like, you guys know who I am. I know I'm hot shit, but check this out. Guess who else is hot shit? And just held her up on this pedestal and just pushed it, and it was That's just awesome. such a magical. Awesome. Thing I do
2: have for one problem with your that. story. You don't remember who she is, dude. I know, Come I know, on, it's bro. Come up. on,
1: it really is. I need to find out who this band was because uh, they were really good. Maybe if anybody's add,
2: listening, if anybody's listening, and she you were was at like, that show, if you remember who she was, please you know hit us up in the comments. Kind of slender
1: build, like look- short brown hair. Uh, oh her, dude! Of oh, course, her
0: yeah. oh, yes. last oh, name was like Sanchez uh, or
6: something. No, like. it was no, I don't know. But maybe
0: we should
5: ask the just under seventeen hundred. I mean, of course, know, there. Yes. The <laughs>
6: yeah. I am. Um, I'm trying to find here. It looks like that he may have played with the Peterson brothers.
5: The Peterson brothers are awesome, man. Yeah.
6: Yeah. Um, but I can't find any There's other no bands sister, that though. played. Yeah, oh. do they but can
4: sister? you?
5: But can you find the girl?
6: No, <laughs> find no. the girl. Um, I'm, it was I'm, so, I'm looking man. through uh, people's photos from the Aztec Theater, uh, dude. We just need right to now. ask like my to wife to or like a, one of our girlfriends Splendor or something. Like they could experiment. find anything.
1: Like what dude, girl? Really. <laughs> I'll find it. Oh yeah, yeah go on the Facebook <laughs> stock mode. Like, oh man, <laughs> go to work. So, was, so you said you had, you, had really a, a, you had another? Oh,
2: that's why. I don't remember. It's a little. You had another <laughs> act from Austin. So the Austin? other,
1: the last one. Yeah, yeah. Austin had all the. People from Austin. I love this pick, by the way. Uh, So this is a band that we played with here in town for a show uh, called The Matters. And the show that we did was at Sam's Burger Joint. And immediately when we walked in and we saw the drummers set up, me and Aaron were like, what in... God this? hell! It's a box it's for a bass. Literally, drum like he is built, he literally built a, a b- box. Like it's a wooden box. He, didn't, a, he, didn't he pack the kit up into? I don't, it? I don't know what he. I can I yeah, no, he did. I'm he not gonna laugh.
4: I giggled the first
1: time. Like, yeah, I was, I was like, like <laughs> no way. I was like, no way is this gonna sound good. This Dude, is gonna. I was so was huge skeptical, <laughs> but it sounded amazing. I'm like but the whole band was just kick ass. Their energy, everything was so. They're the fucking nicest dudes ever. Yeah, we're
4: we're rolling in like. Eight guitars and like eight ten bass cabs and stuff, <laughs> and they have like this box
3: yeah, drum, drum kit. Although
4: like, he
1: uh, had more stuff with it than uh, I did, for but sure. they were but, so like, awesome. Oh man, they're so good. And yeah. so I put this song on there. It's their latest single, uh, released in 2019. Um, so it's the latest thing you can find on socials. But they they are a great follow on Instagram. Um, they're fun. They're creative um they've got a real true rock and roll classic sound with still modern Sounds to it. Yeah, it's that, so like, original, man. Like you could you hear mm-hmm. roots, but n- there's yeah, nothing exactly. That's, like, derivative. Like it's like yeah, it's, it's real. You hear I, stuff uh, that like you're like okay, that like the, in this song especially, like the intro riff comes in and it's like okay, that makes me think of like kind of Red Hot Chili Peppers, um, you know, like Can't Stop kind of almost with the drums coming in, but then the voice comes in and it just like throws it in a completely different direction, but in such a cool way. Um, and yeah, they they were just so much fun to watch live. These guys are, you know, small time local guys like us, but um, we're, I I just, I wanted to put them on here and we're for sure at some point going to try and get them on, on the podcast with us to talk about uh, their stuff and everything. But I wanted to go ahead and like throw that out there as an intro, just such a uh, really unique band. I'm not
2: familiar with the band or the song, but I love the song title. I'm going to say, say, Hey, "Hey." so
1: yeah, the whole song is just like, you know, it's him about like, he's talking about like. Not really knowing what to say to the girl to pick her up and stuff like that. And so he's just like, I'm going to say, hey, see what happens. You know, see what happens and go from there. But, but anyway, so those are my uh, picks. I, went, I went a little local on that one. But, cool. Uh, who's, who's up? Steph? Who's up?
3: The one right quick,
5: right, quick. I'm going to run through these. Um, so my first pick was Tom Waits. And um, it's uh, the song is entitled Big in Japan. And it's off his 99 Mule's Variation, uh, Mule Variations album. And that, that right there, dude, it's just, like, it leads into my next pick. It, it's one of those, like, heavy-hitting jazz, rock, gravelly, blues. It's everything in one. Um, and, you know, for for a guy who's still kicking in his 70s, he, I hold him, Tom Waits, up there with, like, Keith Richards, for instance, man. I mean, these, mm-hmm. these dudes are roaches. Like, they've done every single drug, you know, under god's blue sky and and you know are still kicking and doing their thing um but that's just an overall great great album and that's my pick particularly off that one big in japan it's just a great song um the next one is uh muddy waters off of electric mud it's uh entitled she's all right his 68 release and it's basically him kind of jumping to the whole psychedelic realm of of rock and roll at the time and saying like okay you know, I can match you on this, and I'm going to give it a go, and I'm going to do it. And he was just being typical Muddy. Uh, he wasn't doing anything too flashy and extravagant, doing his old thing, but just basically, you know, with fuzz pedals and, you know, amps cranked up, man, and that's what he came to, and that's just another great album right there that you got to listen to in its entirety, and you will not get sick of.
2: That's awesome, dude. I love was- that
5: was he
4: even using a fuzz pedal or was he just slashing his speakers with razor blades like they used to do
5: <laughs> at the time Did he really do that No the no, not the blues him.
4: the blues guys used to do that well, I remember like the Beatles
0: were like poking holes with needles <clears throat> and you had guys yeah. like yeah. Joe
5: Strummer and stuff who were like yes. the Clash that were doing things like that with mm-hmm. solid state amps but with Muddy with that he was actually experimenting like outside of the range with actually using like high powered tube amplifiers at that point you know and he was ranging into using different things as far as humbuckers, which he Mm. was traditionally straightforward single-coil tellies. What year was this? 68.
4: Okay. So that's a little Hendrix influence, maybe? So, again, with
5: the psychedelic kind of thing going on at the time, it was kind of like, you know he was never pressured to have to do anything by, like, his, you know, affiliates as far as, like, the record label saying, hey, man, you can't be cutting the traditional right, 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 blues. Right. So it was like... Because they,
4: they love traditional blues. Yeah. yeah,
5: and they're like your Muddy Waters, yeah. you know? So he kind of encompassed the whole Chicago sound mm-hmm. with, you know, some of, like, that... uh you know, British invasion, if you will. Yeah, you know? yeah no, that's great. Because
4: I mean, there's no Hendrix without muddy waters in the first exactly. place, right? There's and no for Muddy Stones, Waters himself to turn Keith it around Richards. and be like, oh well, I can use these toys too.
5: Exactly, that's pretty cool. So it was him kind of venturing off into you know a different realm and and but yet still keeping true to his style, right? As far as playing, but just a different a different soundscape, you know. Yeah. But that's a great album. It's uh, called Electric Mud, um, and then my last pick is. Uh, back on the topic of uh physical graffiti. Guy. It's uh Led Zeppelin's Trampled Underfoot. And um that's my favorite song, you know, off physical graffiti and it's pretty cool because um if you check out the O two uh celebration day performance live of Led Zeppelin, um Robert Plant talks about that being basically a pick off of um a Robert Johnson song called uh Terraplane Blues. And um that was like their version of Terraplane Blues. Yeah. And it's just a freaking monster of a song. Um, John Paul Jones uh, actually had stated that he had kind of pulled the idea of uh, his parts off of uh, Stevie Wonder's Superstition. yeah. And he was just like, having seen him live and having seen him play and talk to him, blown away by the fact that the guy's than just a genius musician, but like he was like the stuff that he was doing and her writing was just so amazing and he was like felt very inspired. You yeah. Know?
4: I mean, Zeppelin often catches shit from detractors for quote unquote stealing songs or, right or whatever whatever. Um, they but, credited everybody No though. but first of all, they credited everybody they put a lot. And of secondly, it out. I think they're just like the great interpreters, right? Because right. like there's this whole generation of white British kids. Who would never have heard this music if this very slim little slice of that generation had so actively sought it out?
5: Of course, of course. You know what I mean? Of so
4: actively sought it out. The Stones, Zeppelin, The Beatles, all of those guys. Yeah. The Who, the oh, Who. I dude. know the Who are one of Aaron's favorite bands, like Absolutely. if not the favorite oh, like, band. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I always thought it like. I mean, maximum like, r- r- maximum rhythm, rhythm and blues, right? Yeah. That's what they used to call themselves.
1: Aerosmith used like every album they'd release would have at least like one cover yeah. that was like an old blues song that yeah. influenced all of those guys. That influenced yeah. every single one. Of, and yeah. so I always thought it was really cool when yeah, those bands so, of that area era would like. I don't know what happened with like new bands or when it stopped, where they just like switched the attitude from. We need to lift up and promote the things that influenced us rather than sit here and try and like measure dicks and say we're better than everybody else before us. I can't quantify that with
4: data, but I will say that I think that that stopped right when the cover was the best song on that band's album. And once we reached a point in bands getting signed and signed and signed and then suddenly the cover was literally the best song on the record... I feel like people stop kind of. So doing I don't that. mean this in like a
0: shit talky way, but like when when is that? I don't like know. What do you, what do you, what I'm just saying.
4: That I feel like I feel like rock and roll reached a point shortly after the after the year 2000 where new things kind of ground to a halt. And suddenly you have you have there bands. was a like, lull there yeah was there a was a There's definitely a lull it's, come, it's been coming and, back and I sure. don't I don't want to like I don't want to call them out for any other particular reason I've got a whole list of reasons to hate this right, band right but right like for example like five finger five finger death punch do they have to cover bad company by bad company
1: I thought the bad company cover was great I great. did not I, I like their hold on house of the rising sun hold cover. On. that was trash hold on
4: what does it say that. Most of the songs that anybody from this band has heard of are covers. covers. This yeah. is what I'm saying. I think okay. if you're an adult, so when more, you were to delve more into that, a point, that area, though,
0: that might not be the case.
4: When you get to that point, I just I, my personal feeling is at the at the beginning of rock and roll, it was a cover based thing. Like that's you how mean. you got gigs. You covered, of the, course. The Beatles' first two albums are both <clears throat> like half covers. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, you covered each other and people just got to a point where either they'd gotten so far removed from where they came from mm-hmm. or their influences are so far removed that they don't even know that they're influenced by Zeppelin at this point. Cause they think that they sound like a band that happened three years ago. Yeah. You know what I mean? I feel like at that point when, when the band stopped losing a grip of history is when that kind of stopped happening. Well,
0: not, not to get off on a tangent though, but what I will say is that I God, I'm going to sound so cliche. But well, rock and roll never died, dude. It just
2: like it just changes stations. No, play it? I got a point on like, that, there's... dude. And it comes back to uh, one of you guys mentioned it earlier about uh, they dropped one of the bands that you guys were talking about. They said after a while they dropped the so-and-so label and now they just call themselves rock, right? So uh, speaking about going back to like the 2000s and all the kind of you know, the 2000s between 2000 and 2010, um, there was so much. I mean, all the... The Genres and the sub genres, and you know, uh, you had the Limp Bizkit stuff and the corn, all that stuff, and Slipknot, and th- those were the bands that were huge when I was coming up, you know. So, I grew up, I was a little I kid, I had four older day, brothers, and so I was a kid. Even my rock buddies at school, we didn't listen to the same kind of music because I was like, you know, Iron Maiden, Guns N' Roses, Metallica, and they were all, you know, the modern stuff, uh, Slipknot, and all that kind of stuff. So, it was cool. Um, I, I, I it took me a long time to come around to a lot of those bands that I kind of really didn't like at the time, but my point is this. After the years go by, and a lot of those bands that are still around, they started dropping those kind of, like, the little niche sounds that they had. And, you know, for example, all the harsh vocal singers, then they started singing. You know, like, Corey started singing. Yes, Corey, he's a great singer. Um, I mean, and- he always did both, though. Even from even from their self-titled album, he did both.
1: I mean, if you look at the, the biggest song off of that album, their biggest hit, Wait and Bleed, like... That's mostly sung. He yeah. only screams well, that's,
0: parts that depends of it. on which. What, if you get the album you know. version, he screams the whole thing. If it's the single no, well, version, well, no, no, he no, actually no. Sings. it's not the album
1: version. It's the demo
2: version. Well, uh, no, like no, no. The, what what was played on the radio was. His I skin. guess okay. Let me let me put it this way. It's like uh, music got to a certain point where it was like, oh, guitar solo, no more guitar solos. That's, Singing, that's something. no, you can't sing. You know, you have to do whatever, whatever. And like I said, after a while, after 2010s or whatever. It all started coming back. Mm-hmm. You know, you have you start you start uh, hearing those characteristic. You know, just good old fashioned rock stuff. Like you were talking about the stuff that, you know, it, it like you said, it doesn't fit. It never dies. It might kind of you know, yeah, it, just it just changes is. what no, station plays I, it.
4: I, I I one hundred percent agree with you. I'm just of yeah. the Thanks, opinion. Dude. And and first of all, <laughs> as as a as a longtime lifetime lover of rock and roll. You know, it almost pains me to say this, but in my opinion, the reality is that at this point in rock and roll's career, rock and roll has very much become the jazz of the current generation. Jazz had its 40 years in the sun. It is now less less and less and less and less and less and less mainstream, but it has a very, very, very dedicated fan base. And I feel like the same thing is happening in real time in front of our eyes to rock and roll. It's had its 40 years in the sun. It is now less and less and less and less and less in the mainstream, but it has a very dedicated fan base. And honestly, we're coming up on 40 years of hip-hop, and even hip-hop isn't so much recognizable as its original form anymore. And it has less and less, and that original form of hip-hop has less and less and (laughs) less and less and less rabid fans. So everything is cyclical and generational. So I'm not sitting here saying like I'm fucking I'm fucking in a rock band for God's sake. So I'm not saying like <laughs> rock and roll is dead. No, but like the reality of the situation is, I feel like rock has really no longer like like you're you're not going to sell anything with a rock song anymore.
5: Like and and, and it's it's crazy. <laughs> like, it's crazy it's crazy because that's Dave Grohl. It's crazy. unless you're Dave Grohl. Unless, we'll see again. There's a select few that obviously you know are are still you know being able to prosper from everything is and which is going on in that field as far as rock like guys like dave Grohl and whatnot but i mean you know i think there's just as much if not maybe even more talent nowadays right than than there was back then when for instance you know physical graffiti was being written just because of you know how how much we've grown and you know you can generations that have come from that but it's just unfortunate man that you know for a band like us that's unsigned uh yeah it's just like there's so much talent that's out there but right now with the record executives and 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 you know the people that are out there that control control all that they're they're not giving any bit of light to that man
4: well you know i mean there is a lot more talent but the audience isn't any bigger it's smaller you know like it's true there's a lot more talent now but, you know, there I was. I think it's just more compa- compartment. You know what? I, okay, just interrupt.
2: I got to disagree a little bit because. <laughs> That's cool. Just look at the metal, the European metal festival scene, dude. You got Grass Pop, you got Whack in Open Air, you got Bloodstock, you got Hellfest, you got all that stuff. You got uh, Masters of. Rock. Dude, these things are huge. Donnington. D- there's no more Donnington. Now it's. Uh, wait. Uh, there is Donnington. Well, yes, there's still Donnington, but it used to be Monsters of Rock, and now they call it what? Donnington. <laughs> no, it's like uh, I got no clue. Uh, <laughs> download.
5: No, it's actually at Donnington. I mean, I'm serious. They're they're still it, that. It,
0: it's called Flunkerton.
1: Oh my god, I know about down. Download's been around for a while. Uh, is that Australia though?
2: No, w- no. W- what, you, what I'm saying, what used to be called yeah. Monsters of Rock is now called. So it's still there so at Donnington. <laughs> yeah. So this kind that, of
4: dovetails into my point, though. At this point, rock and roll exists way more in an alive form. In a live music setting. Yeah. In a festival setting, in a concert setting, than it does in a record sales setting. You'll okay. sell, you'll sell, you'll sell 100,000 tickets to a concert, but none of those bands has probably sold 100,000 albums. Like, let's be real. Like, yeah. So all I'm saying is, for example, there was no such thing as jazz school when jazz was at the height of its popularity. Now, no one listens to jazz but thousands and yeah, thousands and thousands of people go to jazz school. I see
2: your point. See what I, I mean? No, yeah,
4: so yeah, there's, yeah. there's there's yeah. way more talent now. I'm just saying that the audience has gotten a lot smaller and therefore a already very competitive market. Yeah, is it's it's even like it's become
1: a like a musician's uh audience is yeah. is a thing is and that's it what really happened has. with jazz. Jazz it, it only appeals to other musicians and that's how metal has kind of gone into it, but Anyway, yeah, that's. I mean, those are a lot of good points. Uh, who's next on the? So I think this—that's uh, a perfect list,
0: transition though. right there. Where, you, I mean, you just said talking about metal.
5: Um, so those were my picks. <laughs>
1: oh wait, one, did yeah.
5: you still have yours? That was it. No, no, no that I, was I awesome. thought I—I didn't think we skipped you, but
3: I, no, that was no. That was, we uh, started the, talking
4: about muddy waters, and then it just the whole other <laughs> thing. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. Well,
3: this is a time for, I, uh, 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 Mr. I,
2: hey, I did get my tidbit of metal in. You know, I mentioned whacking, so that's for sure. I'm happy about that. But I don't have any metal picks on my, uh, yes, you on do. my picks this, this uh You have the G metal. Number three? Come on. Number three. The yes, th- number three. The originators of metal, like one oh, of sure. the pioneers. Okay, yeah, let's it's go with OG that. So metal. Led Zeppelin? Shh. Black Sabbath? Ah, yes. Okay. Yes. So, yes. Uh, Iron Maiden Wasting uh, Love is a pretty. It's not your <laughs> typical Iron Maiden song. Who knows it? Who's heard it? Who does know it? Wasting Love? I I just put it on the playlist earlier today, so that's my introduction. It's a song by Iron Maiden. Like I said, it's not your typical Iron Maiden song. It's from one of the most hated, uh, well, yeah, yeah, I think so. One of the most hated uh, Iron Maiden albums that happens to be possibly my favorite.
4: Is it the hair metal one?
2: Uh, What's it called? Maybe. The one from the
4: 80s? Oh,
3: God. Well, so it was from Fear of the Dark. It's not from
2: the 80s. Is Is that what you call the hair metal one? That's interesting. I would say maybe No Prayer for the Dying, I thought you were going to say. But, uh, no, this one is off of, which is, that one's probably hated even more. But uh, for some reason, I mean, those th- that's my favorite era of, uh, of Iron Maiden. Um, like I said, it's a little bit different. Uh, it's a little bit, Bruce was angrier. You know, they're not singing about uh, movies or, you know, poetry or literature or history and all that kind of stuff. It was more real. It, it was more. Uh, you know, I was telling Gabe earlier, 91, 92 seems to be my favorite era for the big metal bands because, like Guns N' Roses, Metallica, Megadeth, Ozzy, they were all putting out their, like, biggest, hugest records and the biggest tours. And, like you said, Monsters of Rock, uh, Donington was doing huge. Uh, um, so, uh, Fear of the Dark album, there's a song called Wasting Love, beautiful ballad. Um, we played. I played it live this last week, and I'm actually doing a wonderful collaboration with a friend of mine named Stephanie Pedraza. Um, Up in Canada We're going to send stuff Back and forth And we're going to do Like an acoustic Kind of Latin styles Flamenco version Kind of type thing So that that is why That's why I'm listening To that this week Um, My next pick Is a little more Traditional um don't really have a reason why, but I'm listening to uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan's Tin Pan Alley. Dude, you don't need
5: a reason oh, why man. for that. You don't need a reason Thank why. Thank you. you can just Everyone's <laughs> got a valid reason to listen to Stevie Ray Vaughan. Oh, man.
2: So, so uh, yeah, dude, Stevie Ray Vaughan. I've always thought that if I ever opened a bar, I would call it Tin Pan Alley. Love that song. It's probably one of my favorite jams. Um, the live version from, gosh, I can't remember where, but he's playing with uh, Johnny Copeland.
5: That's going to be at the Mantra in Switzerland, sir.
2: Yes, dude. That was yeah. awesome. I love that one. Um and my last song is called This Song I Had Never Heard Before Until Just This Week. Uh an old well he's not old, but uh he was actually my a English professor, one of my English professors in college. Funny story with this guy, dude, English professor in college. Um and then later on, gosh, I think it was maybe about a year or so later, I was at a Saxon concert here, dude, at uh Sunken Gardens. And towards the end I'm walking out and and we bump into each other and Drunk, dude, drunk as hell, dude. My college professor, and we, we, yeah, we bump into each other, and he's like, "I'm like, dude, what are you doing here?" He's like, "What are you doing here, man? This is my stuff." Blah blah blah. So he actually, uh, we, we became actually buds. You know, we came, became buds after college. And a real cool guy, dude. So just this last week, he introduced me to this song by Neil Young. It's called "Crimes in the City." Um, really cool song, dude. I, I, when I heard the song, I just basically had it on. Um, repeat in the background for like Almost a day I swear um, Very cool song You guys know that song? Neil no. Young Guys? Neil Young Guys?
0: Anybody? So I was really hoping That you might be able to help me out with this Because admittedly I'm not a Neil Young guy And th- there's there's a couple There's a few dudes who like I just don't get For me it's Springsteen Saw uh, that one coming I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't get Billy Joel <laughs> And I don't get Neil Young man like, All right, I'm not so, a huge fan I'm not so a huge fan So on just those hear, you know,
4: three I can say this: totally get and love Springsteen, same. One hundred percent. Do not get Billy Joel <laughs> at all. Sorry, no. Sorry, no. Not a fan. Hey, man, I'm open to it. Like, I, I mean, want someone to like help I me mean, out here. I tried. <laughs> but For me, it's
1: like I'd rather like. I'm not going to listen to Billy Joel, I'm just going to listen to Elton John. Yeah. Exactly. Like exactly. <laughs> like, <ish>. exactly. <laughs> you know? And it's just better. It's like
4: Billy Joel is like wish.com Elton John as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> it's like, Do you, you know. Have any of you guys seen the <laughs> uh,
2: Sorry, wrong any, button. But <laughs> have any of you guys seen the uh, Netflix documentary Hired Guns? Yes.
4: So Billy show.
2: Joel is like an asshole, right? Oh,
4: he's a complete asshole. Yeah. He treats his band like shit. Watch that watch that documentary and you'll Complete
5: know. opposite of uh, You'll like Billy Joel even but, less.
4: But um, as far as uh, Neil Young goes, he catches a lot of shit. Lots of people don't like his voice. Lots of people don't like his famous one-note guitar solos where he just... Or his, his awful guitar tone. <laughs> yeah, but like none of that's important to him. You know what I mean? It's just about the song to him. Yeah. So as long as you think of Neil Young as like a... I don't know, like a Bob Dylan that somebody let play a guitar solo for some god awful yeah. reason. Like you might see him in a different in a different light. Especially his early stuff with Crazy Horse, his band. Like if it's Neil yeah, Young man. and Crazy Horse, guaranteed it rocks. If my it's favorite, just Neil, Neil Young, it's hit it's hit and miss. My favorite but- Neil
5: Young song is Cinnamon Girl.
4: And and on that re- that very same record, so my awesome. favorite is everybody knows this is nowhere. Yeah, but yeah, that yeah. album, Neil Young and Crazy Horse, that first record, everybody Great. knows this is nowhere. Cinnamon Girl, that album is Down by the River. That album's killer. See, I, I Look, see stuff like that. Like it's start like, there. Lo- It's
0: like lobster to me. Like it looks so good because everybody else enjoys it. But I don't fucking get it. Like, yeah. I don't no, like it, dude. I, I, and I, I keep trying it hoping that someday I could be like, hey, cool. I appreciate this too. But well, like So what are I'm, you
4: talking about Neil Young?
3: Yeah, yeah. I, you I mean, know,
4: there was a time when I hated blue cheese dressing.
3: And I just
4: <laughs> I just kept trying it until one day. I liked it. Dude, my, my brain is
0: never What's closed that about off to cream, something. He, he's so. just one of
5: those very blue-collar <laughs> guys, like a Bruce Springsteen. Hey. You know? Dude, he's got longevity, and there's got something to very it. Very unique, I mean? distinct sound. Yeah. And-, and it's one of those things, either you dig it, or you don't, or you don't, and it's and one of those okay. things. Yeah, yeah. You know? But but so regardless, it's like
3: <laughs> but
4: yeah, exactly. Like, but regardless, the influence is is undeniable. Huge.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huge. For, sure. for sure, definitely, definitely. Yeah,
4: like I saw Springste- I saw Springsteen live one time. I was probably like nineteen years old. The dude played for four Huge
5: hours show. straight. Huge show. Yeah. Four hours
4: straight. Four hours yeah. straight. I've I've no intermission. That, that poor
0: telly. No, he was beating the
5: shit out of that thing. Oh, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Just.
4: Just four hours straight.
5: And it was a great performance. The band, oh. the ensemble was just it, bigger than life. Insane.
4: Yeah. And this was before Clarence died, too. Oh, so yeah. So he was, was there,
5: dude, doing almost everything. everything. The guy did everything. Yeah. Like The guy was just an amazing musician. Yeah it was great so So cool
4: so I get Springsteen I understand why people don't get him I get Neil Young I totally understand why people don't get him which which both Springsteen and but I also get Iron Maiden and and I don't understand why anybody doesn't get Iron Maiden so Springsteen Springsteen and 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 honestly uh, you said you were talking about Wasted Love in my head I was
2: thinking about the album that Wasted Years is on yes yeah that was uh, somewhere in time right and also not the hairband album but but
4: it's pretty hairband for Iron Maiden
1: like let's be real at Come first on. whenever i saw wasted love i was thinking of wasted youth
5: hey, you're, you're was talking about front that man time. of an iron maiden tribute band here <laughs> but brother. i get you know no i mean, get it right brother
1: i hate you guys i agree with you on the whole like springsteen and neil young thing like i i get springsteen more more than i get neil young yeah. Personally, like, I, I get Springsteen and, for sure. And like, for
4: people who don't get either of them, John Mellencamp is your man.
1: <laughs> anyway, <laughs> for, me,
2: for, for me, Springsteen is like, like, what did you say? Springsteen played for four hours? I mean, the, the, I don't know, I, I hate to be that way, but it was a couple of songs. And Not John like, Cougar. That's the four hours, isn't it? I mean, like, the the... the I don't know. That's uh, for me that's Well, a, sure, that's everybody everybody gets silly.
4: to jam, but still. <laughs> I'm still, a working guy. But but I mean when you've got when you've got a 40 year plus discography, you got to play a little bit of everything. So See, you know, that's why
2: funny. I'm I more of a Bon Jovi guy I keep myself. I to like it, but Yeah. Working somebody, guy Jersey Rock and like bon every
5: song off that 4 hour gig or whatever was like a hit.
4: That's crazy. No, I mean, it's not like he played anything that nobody knew. Yeah, they were like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's not like he was like, oh, and I'm going to play new songs for an hour and a half. Yeah, no, he didn't do any of that.
2: Well, I just meant like, as far as like, you know, Jersey working guy type music or whatever. You
4: know, no, I get that. No, yeah, one hundred percent. But again, no Bon Jovi without without Springsteen first, of course not. Like, come on. Anyways, uh, my picks are um, kind of tie in a little bit. I'll start with the Clash, uh, just because we've talked a little bit about punk already today.
1: I wanted to—that uh, um, was the most Hav pick I've seen so far.
2: Just, um, I, <laughs> I
1: knew at some point you were going to throw the Clash in there, and I was so, just waiting for it. So you know, last I love week, Hav
2: picks today. These are the ones I, uh, my favorite for sure.
1: Last week we
4: talked about the Sex Pistols. Gabe picked the Sex Pistols. Yeah, and um, one of my all-time favorite bands is the Clash. Um, I absolutely love the Clash. There's no alkaline trio that we talked about before there's no rise against that we talked about
1: before yep. without the clash which i was um, gonna reference the whole you have srv on here and no gary clark jr without that so that was that's yeah. cool that we have influences and True. the new age so a fun story uh
4: i'm gonna date myself here you're all gonna know how old mm-hmm. i am but the year is 1983 and i'm not born yet but my mom went to go see The Clash in Austin while pregnant with me, and Stevie Ray Vaughan, the hot local dude, open for that's them. That's fucking awesome. Can you imagine that's, the craziness of that show? That's so, Stevie Ray Vaughan so opening like, for The Clash. No. But it's because he's up <laughs> Yeah. he's just got to take whatever shows he can get at that point, you know? And, and so I can't help but think that I had to have absorbed that somehow, like, in the womb because, like, I love punk rock and the blues in like equal amounts yes, there to this day you quick question
5: quick question <laughs> where, where, where was that show Irwin?
4: uh no it was at
5: it could have been an, old, an old
4: club called the armadillo world
1: headquarters, headquarters. yeah okay yes. all right yeah yeah for yes. sure which you just mentioned anton's you know mm-hmm. uh, i mean gary clark jr is a big part of Antone's surviving and coming back which is really now awesome.
5: uh, not to get off the subject, but yeah, that, that's that's if, you know, if you're ever in yeah, if you're yeah. ever
1: in town go to Antones. That's but, just, that's the point of that. But uh hey, Armadillo. The man.
4: the yeah. song in particular by the Clash is actually not a very quote unquote punk song at all. Uh Lost in the Supermarket. It's an album track on London Calling, probably their most well known and most revered album. album. <clears throat> um But Lost in the Supermarket is a fantastic song. It's got a great melody. It's got an incredible bass line. It's got really awesome use of flanger and the guitar. It's just a really neat song. Uh, So if you're unfamiliar, check it out. Uh, Once again, one of my favorites. Um, Jeff Buckley, Hallelujah. Um, I don't know. I, I didn't even seek this song out, but just on random Spotify playlists and whatnot over the past week, I heard it like three or four times. And uh, I just couldn't help but think, like, the guitar tone's incredible. The singing's incredible. Uh, Jeff Buckley's one of those people who died, like, way, way, way too young. Like, we will have, we'll never have any idea what he could have done. Mm-hmm. But in this particular case, this cover of a Leonard Cohen song, I feel like is one of those, if you ever ask, like, is there a cover song that's better than the original or whatever, like, This is a cover, but this is the Jeff Buckley song, Hmm. I feel, in my opinion. No, Um, I think that's completely fair to say. the way that he plays it, the way that he sings it, there's no Radiohead, there's no Tom York, there's no lots of that 90s alternative without that early 90s Jeff Buckley album just showing them that they can sing that high and in falsetto and emotively and whatnot, and it doesn't sound weak, it sounds cool, Mm-hmm. Uh, super influential. I'm I, is one of those people that's like super overlooked, whatever. But when you think about it, you kind of wish he was still around. Kind of like, kind of like Joe Strummer, honestly, from the Clash. You kind of wish he was still around too. Um,
1: and my last pick, totally unrelated to either of those. More, I saw games. this. Love this was the one morning. that I was like, so you know, I said the Clash. Oh, most Hav pick ever, right? And then probably and then least saw, pick, yeah. And then I was like, well, even with both of those, honestly, with the with the Hallelujah, I was. Pleasantly surprised by that, but then when I saw your third pick, I was like, "Wait, are you, are you sure that's Hov's number that just sent that text? Yes. Wait, wait, what the fuck was so that?" So
4: <laughs> the third pick is a song called "Hold the Line" by Toto. Yes, we song. Dude. We all know this song. We all know this song. He's a monster. <clears> we all know it. Now here's all I'm gonna say. Africa gets all the press. Yeah, Rosanna gets all the press. Blah, blah, blah. That's also a killer song, though. It is Rosanna's a killer is a song. song. Rosanna is. is a killer song. song. But if you had to Dude, ask drumbeat. me to pick what's the best Toto hit,
2: hands down,
4: hold the line all the, way, all the way, and I would actually go so far as to say, the I'll guitar, just do it right song. here, oh, live on the podcast. Yeah, let's oh, do it. Steve Lucas let's there. play We're it live you. with... Austin's dad playing the piano part. Oh, that would be sick! All right, we'll let's do it. cover we'll it. Set it up, yeah, fine. because we could so totally fucking rock that song. Yeah. And there are times when I hear songs and I'm just like, I just hear it and I'm like man, the Rambling Souls could fucking kill that song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is one of those songs where I hear that, and I'm like, man, I would love to hear us play that song.
5: So that's why it's on Let's the list. Let's make it happen. Because right. I would
4: love to hear us play that song. I need to follow right. this up.
3: <laughs> I need to follow
5: this up for Hav right quick on that particular spot right there on that Toto plug. Um, anyone listening at home, the band, uh, everybody, I want you to check, take a look. Four or five minutes of your time or whatever. There's an interesting interview um, online between Rick Beato and uh, Steve Lukather and uh, Mauricio Touch for base those on that.
1: that's a home who don't know who those people are. Can you reference who they are?
5: Yeah, Rick Beato has done it all, man. I mean, Beato, uh, Beato, Beato, Rick
4: Beato, Rick Tomato,
5: whatever Tomato, Tomato. He's awesome yeah, though. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, he, you know, the guy is just a master class musician, producer, the, you know, he does it all, man. He's multi-instrument, he's a badass. Um, he has this different, like, he has this channel where he goes and he talks to all these artists and whatnot, and uh, he talks to uh, Steve Lukather, and to touch base on Mauricio earlier, talking about how, like, the guitar solo kind of ran off the boards, you know, as far as music was concerned, and, you know, rock and roll kind of took a, a change or a turn, so to speak. Well, they talk about it, and... um You know, Rick asks, you know, Steve Lukather about, you know, about that. He's like, so what do you think about that or whatnot? And he goes, well, the reason why like the solo and all that took off was because, you know, Cats at the time, you know, couldn't play them. Yeah. You know?
4: It was all session guys. Yeah. And he was recording the solos. When it came to
5: it, it was like, you know, you had your pick of the crop as far as, you know, who could do what and kind of like manifest what they needed for a project to get it done. But when you have the likes of somebody who's recording it as an artist and, it's a basically a one-off. You know, you're going in there and you, you know you got your guns packed and you're going to go and do your thing. That's what you have to offer. And a lot of these cats couldn't do it, yeah. so they just kind of like improvised and did something on the changing of arrangements totally. and totally. That, cut yeah, out the I solo. To, I've always
4: kind of have felt to ask myself, like, if I saw Michael Jackson live at some point, would yeah. I have been disappointed by the Thriller solo? probably probably yeah because it was probably just somebody just hacking Wanking their way it. through it yeah, well, yeah. Dude, I, I have felt <laughs> that way in the there, there's certain
2: uh <clears throat> really big huge names that uh a lot of people love i'm not gonna name it because i don't want to get you know crucified and stuff uh, but uh some of these guys that like you know they say innovated new sounds and stuff uh, and you know you see their interviews and i was like well you know i didn't want to go with the traditional thing so i started trying out blah 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 this and that and i'm like Dude, you just couldn't play. <laughs> well, and the thing about it is where you give guys but, the
5: respect in the sense of, like, the Steve Lukather's and all that, where, in fact, he basically, you know, wrote Thriller, and, you know, he, he they asked him about the solo part, and, of course, he gets Eddie Van Halen in there and whatnot to do his thing. The, you couldn't just punch in stuff at that time, you know, like to, to redo this or redo that. It, this was tape, man. This was, like, the, the whole recording process and all that was a hell of a lot different. And back then it was like these guys, you know, had to be fucking pretty damn yeah. badass. If you to couldn't do what they play the do. solo
4: yeah. after one or it. two or three times, we will find somebody who can yeah. do it.
1: Yeah. No, but okay, so but yeah. I wanted I, w- I was gonna say there's there is something to be said though, and a good point to be made that there is uh there is creativity in finding ways around, you know what you may not do and knowing your limits, knowing your limits as a musician is a big thing and, Absolutely. and finding where like, okay, maybe I can't do this shredding solo, but what? I can do this and then it's going to be just as creative. And it's going to be maybe a little more tasteful or something well, like I, that. Like well, as a I guitar like player, my own solos, yeah, when you know. I, when I, as a guitar player that I play live uh with cover bands and stuff, you know, I'm the drummer for the original band and that's where I feel the best when it comes to writing music is drum parts. But as a guitar player, when I'm playing live and I'm soloing and stuff like that, like, I don't do the most shreddy stuff, and I kind of avoid some certain things to replace with my own style, my blues licks, but it's not just because I can't play it because if we're being real like if any guitar player, any of us at this table decided all right i'm gonna sit i'm gonna sit down and I'm not gonna leave this spot until I can do sweeps, we probably could, but like it's just a technique is that really necessarily like? Are sweeps going to enhance our songs as the no, Ramblin? Can I jump in right there? Are they, yeah, you
2: know, is that what really, what our shit needs? You know, well, no, what? I mean, that's not what I mean. I don't mean, like, uh, I, I totally agree with you, dude, because like, when I was younger, uh, you know, I had, like, you guys know, I'm the metal guy, so back in the day, I, I used to... Uh, phone notification. It's all good. What are you talking about?
3: Did something <laughs> happen? Did something
2: it just happen?
0: Came th- I forgot that my phone was running through the roadcaster. <laughs> no, dude, so, life. you know,
2: when I was younger, dude, I thought, like, I thought, you know, heavy metal and rock, it was all about the big, huge guitar solos, how fast you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. As I got older with a lot of other stuff, dude, I really started to appreciate. The just the real slow, the mm-hmm. longer notes. Some of my it's favorite like solos and silence
1: rock, is better than the notes. Dude, some of like. my
2: favorite solos in rock now are really simple, mm-hmm. dude. Really simple. Yes, one hundred percent. And and they're just like, dude, they, they they take you to somewhere that the you know that other stuff. That other stuff's great. You know, it's great to hear. It's bit, super impressive. Um, but uh, dude, like the feeling and the soul and the melody and kind of you know what, well, it, what dude, reaction. I, th- I think I can bridge the gap here because if we talk about something like the Mister Crowley mm-hmm. solo. You know, nah.
0: Ozzy, yeah. Randy Rhodes. I mean, come on, dude! Like that. That's there's like the different solo sections, but it's it was so well constructed to where it, yeah, built, I mean, it built the song. But you're getting like the shreddy stuff when you want it, but it's so tasteful because it's, it's following like a journey with mm-hmm. the solo. It's not just shredding. It, like I don't know. Man, the, yeah. I I feel like if people were to take more of a of a lesson off of you know that kind of stuff, I think things would be a lot better.
2: I mean, I, like, I would use like Slash, he slashes i'm not gonna mess around Wait. Slash is my favorite guitar player No, oh, yeah uh he's but dude, he, 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 he was you know he's known for speed super fast all the you know uh, he's really knocking bluesy, on heaven's so door very solo, yeah. dude it's very dude, soulful I love that dude and mm-hmm. it's like it's it's kind of well you know that's just what i'm trying to say.
4: slash is jimmy page only cleaner really he plays just like jimmy page only without the mistakes <laughs> like, but that was part of Jimmy Page's And style that's part of, this, of his sound. Yeah. And so that's why you have to appreciate these things. Like, I mean that that whole everything's thing Everything's part of somebody's sound. If you come if like my dude. first thought when you came in with this uh you know, they might not be the most technically gifted, but they still have a fantastic sound. Like my first thought is always The Edge. Mm-hmm. Can that dude shred? No. But, yeah, but he could fill or a, has he, could he fill a room. or has he ever on a record? No. no. I'm sure he can, but has he ever on a record? Right. No. Yeah. But did he invent like a completely different yeah. genre of playing guitar yeah. what, you mean, by manipulating effects and well, creating I mean, atmosphere? Yeah, and like Absolutely. Gary Clark Jr. does that. Yeah. I mean, that's something that he does big he time. He was one and of the very, very first ambient, ambient guitarists, yeah. Yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah, and then and then when you come to the 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 like the big name solo guys, personally, I will take David Gilmore over Randy Rhodes. Oh, day. gosh, I love David Gilmore. I like, was
3: going to, well, yeah, I mean. I can't I would, But I was going to take it all I the way back. I cannot agree. i like, The
4: note choice, the placement, the feel. No, I love I, I David would, Gilmore. I, I love out David out Gilmore. It's, it's unfucking. fucking No, it really is. It, yeah. And But I
1: was going to take it all the way Orange, back to apples, it, something that That's I. That's not fair. That I have uh, preached with my guitar student and stuff, and about the whole silence is sometimes even more important than the notes played. You know, I take it back to B.B. King, and his blues yeah. essence and everything, and, and all what those Most famous for the is, notes he's not playing exactly. The, well, it's, what, wait, or just the, or doo, just the, doo, doo, just yeah. the one band yeah, yeah. here. Chat, but he dude, lets dude. it sit.
5: BB's known and for the vibrato, do, 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 the yes. vibrato, and that's. And but, he's also known for having actually created the BB box. Which is basically, like, the fo- pentatonic like around scale. like on, like, like triads and stuff. And, like, it's just so, like. I mean, it
1: was mostly just the pentatonic scale. Yeah, I mean, that it, he used. Just, yeah, blues, like, oh, yeah,
5: blues. Yeah, you blues know? scale. And it's just like, but oh, my major. God. But, again, right, it, it's placement. And it's the guy is playing the same, you know, turnarounds just
2: in a different key. And no. it just still hits so, dude, so much. I, I want to just slip in these last two real quick. Two, two more slash stories. Um, <laughs> wait, hold on. Wait,
0: you're going to tell a story?
3: So one time,
2: <laughs> no, 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 uh, dude. It, it's a slash featuring Miles Kennedy and the Conspirators. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, this song that I think just came out last. Possibly, it was probably 2019 because you know I keep saying last year, but I was like, no, the 2020 didn't have a whole so watch. Yeah. Dude, so Scratch it this off the song board. called um, "Lost Inside the Girl." Have you guys heard this song? Uh, Man, it's been a long time since I have fallen in love. It sounded like you were lost inside. No, no, no. no, no, no. (laughs) To my
4: my previous point, if it was a new recording, most
2: people probably did not hear it. You're probably right. Yeah, yeah. No, but dude, this song is... Oh my God, I love it. Uh, It's been a long time since I have fallen in love with a song at the very first listen like that. but it's such a great song, but the solo, dude, the slash solo on this thing, and, and it's not like the old school. You know, it's like that super fast Rocket Queen. Yeah. It's it's long notes stretched out. And He goes here and there. And he, oh my god, so good. The other one I'm gonna say is uh, this little bit. This is where the sound would have went good. So um, one. This is about two three years ago. I was leaving work, long day. Dude, jump in the car, get inside, and I turn on a uh, Sirius XM radio. Um, and there's a jam playing. Cool song, never heard it before. A cool little groove. This and that. And you know, starts. In, I, I learned later that uh, well, it's one of my favorite songs. Now, the second half of the song just kind of goes into this long jam where that's how it kind of jams itself out of the song. Never heard the song, didn't know who it was. Started hearing the guitar, and I'm like, hmm, wait a minute, that sounds kind of familiar. That's fucking. Hey, wait a minute, that's Slash. I know that guitar, dude. <laughs> you that's know Slash, that, you know dude. That what is this? And yeah. I just listened to the whole rest. I was like, dude, this
3: is fucking badass,
2: dude. What is this? And it was uh, another. Slash from Miles Kennedy's song. That one was called Anastasia. Anastasia. The beginning Uh, of that song. Great song. That little intro. But something to be said about something like that. Like I said, I just turned on the radio, didn't hear no vocals, no nothing, never heard the song, hearing the jam. Distinct tone, man. Dudes, I was like, that is Slash, dude. I love that. How is this? I've never heard it. One of my favorite songs. That's it for me.
0: Cool. Well, uh, you know, we're about getting to time. I think we got to
2: cut it off before we bore people.
4: Yeah, we've been talking a long time (laughs) That's what this
1: is about though It's all about just talking about music and opening up the lines It's fun, man Uh, We've got places where you guys can engage with the lines with us too. Yeah, Austin, tell them about it Um, So we have the Discord server The Rambling Souls server on Discord where you can come and talk and everybody can engage and all that. Uh, We also have a Google Voice line where you can directly leave a message for us so we can hear it. You can tell us to fuck off because. Yeah, you guys don't know what you're talking about. Because you completely. Because I I called Toby Keith a pussy. (laughs) Yeah, and you know, you can tell us to fuck off. So Google Voice line 512 843 0862. You can also email us at the ramblingsoulsmusic.com. At gmail.com. And of course, our Instagram, The Rambling Souls, Facebook, Twitter, all that good stuff. So, you got all kinds of places where you can uh, share your own input and be included in the conversation, guys. Yeah, people, if you want to be on the show, um,
0: like I said, or like Austin said, rather, uh, hit us up on the Google Voice line and we will put you on the show. It's that simple. Y'all call in and uh, keep in contact with us. Let us know what you think. But uh, I guess until next time, y'all, have a good one and uh, rock on. Yeah, there you go. How